Welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, eventually Dylan Bear. I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Sports Carnage. Uh, got a lot to talk about between the gridiron and the diamond, and we will get to that. But first, real quick, Ryan, did you see that no foul call on Steph? <laughs> it's <laughs> happening, my man. It's happening. Real that's, basketball coming back. That's just Steph being a good guy <laughs> and making sure that the refs know the rules. He's like, hey, I just want to make sure it's super, he, superstars, he, no yeah. superstars treatment. Let's get this out of the way now. He, he's giving yeah, them good in the practice. preseason. <laughs> exactly. He just wanted to make sure the game was called fairly. <laughs> and that's why he's the, the player of the decade. The next step is calling that an offensive foul. Eh, I prefer no calls, honestly. I'd rather just be a no call. The ball's loose. Go get it. Let's go. Stop stopping the game. <laughs> I don't want it to happen at all. And an offensive foul will very quickly discourage it from ever happening. Eh, these guys get bruised up enough and reminding them what it was like to play in the 80s and 90s with no fouls called, they might stop Oh, they doing haven't it. changed the rules that much. <laughs> Relax yourself. Oh, my goodness. All right, plenty of time to talk about the NBA when the season's oh, actually man. in gear. It's preseason. We'll get to that later. <clears throat> NFL Week 4 is in the books. Our Lions, um, well... Even against a bad team, they're still the Lions. <laughs> Falling. One of our best shots at a win this season. Right. Seriously. Yeah, the, the, the Lions are in the books, too. Yeah. Definitely one of our best Oregon. shots for a win this year against the hapless Chicago Bears. And even the hapless Chicago Bears can look like Super Bowl contenders when it's the Detroit Lions on the other side of the field. And following with the Lions' loss comes the usual overreaction by the fandom. Fire Dan Campbell. This is already a failure. Oh, my God. No what are we doing? No one said that. Will you stop? I've seen it. No one said that. Oh, please. So many people have said it. Who said this? All the people in that freaking Lions Nation biting kneecaps group or whatever that oh I didn't even goodness. want to be a part of, but somehow are I'm a people, part of. God, these are people. people actually <laughs> saying this nonsense? Oh, I swear to God. People saying this nonsense. I don't believe these people are yeah. real. You know what? These yeah. these are Russian these are ru- bots. Russian they're just bots? Trying to stir up. <laughs> they're trying to stir us up. They're trying to upset me. That I, is a Facebook group that is DSN affiliated, though. So go join Detroit Lions <laughs> busting kneecaps on Facebook. Yes, and bring intelligent takes to the table, please. We're doing a very poor job of selling this. I, I this guarantee not... one of our 15 listeners wants Dan Campbell fired. <laughs> no, stop it. There are even people uh, believe in the fake quote. Did you see that? No, I did so not see that. There was a troll account that tweeted on Twitter, uh, like what Dan Campbell said in his press conference today. And it was coffee's not doing it for me anymore. I need to try something harder. It's snowing in Allen park. I'll just leave it at that. And people were like, responding. no, they did. not. <laughs> like, like it was How could that was you real. believe that? Cause people are stupid. <laughs> no, that's not stupid. That's just, you want nonsense <laughs> in your life. Snowing in Allen park. I wish you did oh. say that. People are stupid. What? what are Fans do? are really what are stupid. Do? I, I wish he did say that because say he pa- <laughs> say he passes the drug test. What are they about to do? I, I wish he did. Say. Oh, oh my God! Show, show some grit. Okay, so aside from the fact that you know we are wasting 
the talents of a great left tackle by putting him at right tackle, who is now injured, and joining a long list of first-round picks uh, by the Detroit Lions so that are either injured or not on this team. Because isn't Hawk injured too, Ryan? No, I'm Hawk's sorry. Okay. Is Hawk, Hawk okay? Is no, ha- no, yeah, Hawkins, yeah, Hawkins is okay. Hawkins, so we got one. Pro- probably not. Probably not for long. Yeah. But he's, he's so we got one. Stop. <laughs> Why? He's like the only good thing we have going for us right now. What are you talking about, man? Quintez Cephas? Man's balling. Right. No. The no. Balling. Receiver slash running back. Swift had a horrible game. <laughs> not, not catching the ball. Didn't he score Oh, stuff? my goodness. No, he didn't see a running this back last or week. receiver? What? Really? Yeah. Don't give me that running back really? or receiver. Did you see that bomb that Brady threw to Leonard Fournette? <laughs> well, yeah, oh, but Leonard Fournette's it? actually good. <laughs> Sometimes. He's so good. Why is Ronald Jones getting any minutes? He's been getting dwindling minutes, but I mean, is Nick Chubb not good because Kareem Hunt gets minutes? Like, I don't know. I don't think Nick Chubb's that good at catching the ball. Say it. Split backfield's just kind of what NFL teams do now, whether it makes sense or not. Hey, St. Brown had seventy yards though. Sun got a quantum move. A quantum. Yeah, but not Swift. Swift did not have a game. No, uh, Monra. We we don't have Equinemius. No, no. Yeah, we don't have Equestrian. Yeah, no, Didn't we? No, no, no. We've never had Equestrian. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, we have never had Equinemius St. Brown. What? Who did we? Do uh, we that's, have? That's your favorite team. The Packers had Equinemius. What? Yeah. No. What bum from the Packers did we pick up? We had one. We, we had, had one uh, of the leftovers. Charles Woodson wasn't. We had Geronimo right. Allison. No, oh, Geronimo Miles. No, that's it. No, no, I'll yeah, talk about receiver. Yeah, neither was Desmond Howard. We had uh Geronimo Miles. Okay, that one. We I knew we Miles. picked up one of their leftover receivers. Where is Equanimous? Is he still there? Yes. Jesus. Oh. They made like a big deal about him and his brother facing each other on Equanimous. Equanimous. And they made a big deal about him and his brother facing each other on Monday Night Football. Get the man's name right. If you have a name like that, I am on principle never going to say it right. Blame your parents. I mean, they, they, got, it, they got it much better the second time around with Amon Ra. Anyway, is there anything you saw out of this past week's game against Chicago that was worth talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they made a really bad team look not really bad. And, like, we knew the Lions were going to be, you know, bad uh, anyway. Like, really, really bad. And now it's just kind of coming to fruition where at this point in the season, uh, I think a lot of Lions fans are actually, like, turning off the TV. Uh, especially when some of the guys that you're tuning in to watch, you know, whether it be like Panay Sewell, um, he's getting, you know, getting hurt, and nobody wants to watch 17 games of uh, of Jared Goff. Good. I mean, no, it's nothing good. What is good? I don't know. Our, our, was, our exciting you know, rookie. Our exciting we, we have found something good in every game so far this year. All three losses again. going into the Chicago game. We found something good to talk about. Wonder if there's anything good to talk about with his loss to Chicago. No, the, the, the only notable the, things that happened is our best players got hurt. Game. All of our best players got hurt, and except Hawk, Hawk's the only one alive. I, I, no, there is something good. I take that back. We do have something good. People are going to shut the f up about Jared Goff now. <laughs> like I don't have to hear that Jared Goff is fine. I don't have to hear that anymore. I don't have to hear that. That's a big assumption. There's not 
there's not going to be a big drop-off from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff. I don't have to hear this nonsense anymore. We're past it. Well, I don't know. After Stafford's performance against the Cardinals, you might. (laughs) After Stafford's 300 yards and two touchdowns, so horrible. I know. It it sounds like Goff in the first Worst worst game of the season in 300 yards, two touchdowns, ho-hum. Whatever. Yeah, and a loss. It's It's like he never left. Oh, my God. Are you sure he had 300 yards? It was close. It may be 280. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he had 300 yards. I mean, I I didn't know we were being exact here. Hey, 300 yards is a is a you know is a good is a good spot to be in, but but 299 is not exactly. And 200 280 with a what 55 percent completion percentage. And, um, and a pick definitely, not, definitely not higher best. than sixty. Knocked him right out the MVP race. No, <laughs> no. Oh my goodness! I don't know. He wasn't what top seven or something. Except when uh, like draft kings afterwards, sixty-three percent. Sixty-three percent, just to be clear, which is a far cry from fifty-five. <laughs> Super fine. Uh, that seems closer to fifty-five than two eighty does at three hundred. Oh my god! All right, so you thought I was derailing this? So, so it's a quick Lions talk. There wasn't a damn thing good to take away from this last game. The Lions look like well, there crap. Is... No, what? there is good. There is... I, I take it back. No, there is good. There is good. We may not win a game, oh. and we look really, really great shape for the race for number one overall pick. No, the only thing I want to say. Is Goff had 299 yards and two touchdowns and no picks. It's like, like I said, Stafford never left. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I mean, His hey. completion percentage is probably better, too. He's 24 or 38. What's that? Nah, it's just about the same. Nah. Literally, like, just about exactly the same. Is it? <laughs> sure, damn sure is. Cause, yeah, because he would go two for three to match Stafford's 26 of 41. <laughs> 24 and 38 so did Stafford leave Paul (laughs) so he's still here I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drive to Louisiana to slap you I'm saying we'd be on four with Stafford too doesn't matter we'd be hanging out in the abyss I do think we'd be better off with Stafford but the team around the uh, either quarterback is question. absolute crap. I mean, so oh, what did we win? Six games last year? Uh, did we get six? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I, if I knew, I wouldn't be asking. Khalif Raymond had two touchdowns. How many games did the Lions win last year, Ryan? I think they won six. This is, and Ryan disagrees with me. I think the roster is a little better than it was last year. Um, yeah, offensive line. I think line, the Lions disagree with definite, you. Offensive line definitely better. Receivers do not matter at all. I don't care that Galladay's gone. Um, completely irrelevant. Um, we didn't have any relevant talent outflow on defense. Um, young guys in their second and third seasons that should be contributors getting better. No, no, we didn't go. We didn't have a big roster overhaul in the season oh, outside we, of losing. We went staff. five, five, and eleven. Yeah, five and eleven last year. Okay, five wins. This this team should be, talent-wise, outside of the quarterback position, slightly better than last year. A little bit. 
and better at the most important position group, which is offensive line. Granted, Decker's not playing. <laughs> there was Ragnar. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ragnar got it's hurt, not, too. It's not about that. Yeah, he got hurt. Because it was the backup snap. It was the backup center that had that snap turnover, right? So. Where he just then, oh, oh, it was very oh, loud. Oh, the clock's got... winding down. He is Goff is trying to. I, honest to God, I put that on Goff just as much as the center. Um, you have to know in that situation, there's a few seconds <laughs> that your left. Your center's on the a clock, dumbass. Right? Well, no, it's not. It's not that. So uh, on the road, especially communication, offensive line, you, you're in a silent count. Okay, you are. He is snapping it at a, at a certain count. If he doesn't, he the first person that he touched, he's walking to the left side of the line to communicate with them when the ball gets snapped. The first person he needed to go to was the center. Be like, dude, we're slowing this down. I'm, I'm, I'm audibleing this, right? Like, I'm, I'm changing the protections here. He doesn't do that. The center can't hear him. It's loud as hell in, in Chicago. Everyone's going nuts. You're in a silent count. Like, the center knows that, like, it, it, this is the cadence. I'm snapping it here. He can't hear a goddamn thing. And Goff, that's the first person you need to say, hey, don't Wait, snap the ball yet, right? Hang on. So if you're in a silent count, doesn't that mean the center's looking at the quarterback through his legs? Well, it completely no, it doesn't mean that. It, <laughs> well, it completely not when, not when the quarterback's not there. So, so how does he well, know when no. to snap it? He's, he's not hearing or seeing. He, it's 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 the cadence. He's counting. How, X seconds. This ball's how, getting snapped. How are you using a cadence in a silent count? I don't, if I don't can't, understand your question. If, if they can't hear each other because it's so loud playing on the road, how is he hearing a cadence? You're not hearing it. You're counting it. I mean, every system's different. Like when the if you're in shotgun, like the quarterback might tap him before he goes back, and then it's I mean, X clearly the quarterback and the center the had different systems. We <laughs> saw he that. He didn't communicate with the center. He was just yelling, and the center didn't hear him. That's why you go tap the center. Like... Go up to the center first. Don't go to the left side of the line. I don't think he had so – even if he walked no right up to the center, that ball was snapped before he got all the way there. That's why it hit him in the chest. Yeah, okay. Also, the clock was stopped, and there was like 15 seconds left on the play clock. So I don't know what the center was doing. It's not like he was in snapping a hurry. Snapping the ball. ball. He was snapping the ball. Oh, yeah, he was, he was obviously it snapping was, the ball. It was gross looking. It was like – I. it was – I didn't even see – Live, I didn't see that much of the game. I had stuff to do in the middle of the day. And I had, I caught a few minutes of it, and that was like the second or third play I saw. And I was like, oh, no. This yeah, is not, first, first this is goal. not going well. I was like, I don't even I don't even know if I want to watch the rest of this game on DVR later. I, I go to better. It was like, first and goal, Ryan? That. Yep. Jesus. First oh, it was rough. The, I th- we had like a good play right before that, I think. It was nice. And I was like, all right, maybe we're going to well, score. I mean, we must have game. at least gotten a first down if it was first and goal or a penalty on them. Either way, it worked out well for us up to that point. No, it was a real football play. It was a, I honestly think it was a good rush from DeAndre Swift, if I recall, but I could be mistaken. Was, I, I try to block out most of these games from my memory the moment I watch them. Uh, not enjoyable experiences. Football in general wasn't – the NFL was not that great this weekend. Uh, the best game that I saw was – Sure, was the, the Cardinals one. No, that no, no, that was a bad game. Uh, Tom Brady's return was decent, but at the same time, it was rainy, which led to a lot of miscues and oh no, no, connections no. that just don't, weren't Don't happening. you blame that on the rain? Tom Brady was too hyped up in that first half and made some horrible passes. 
I'm gonna 100% blame that on the rain. And it wasn't just him. Mac was also missing, guys. And I like Mac a lot. The rain doesn't make throwing easy. There's a lot of rain. Very wet. And, uh, yeah, stuff was off. You know it's it's not um, easy to throw in the rain, guys. I'm sorry. Tom, it's not easy to Tom throw. Tom Brady in, played in, in 20 years in that right. in those conditions. I'm yeah, not if, giving him that. If pass. only if only he'd ever played at Dick Clemens yeah. No, sorry. I've seen him it sling the ball it, around it does not in make weather it worse easy. than that. Oh my goodness. We got. I went to a rain doesn't affect went to an AFC divisional round game where they slapped Tim Tebow in Denver like forty-one to nine, and it was freezing rain (laughs) and nine degrees at kickoff, and freezing pouring rain, and they put points on the board no problem through the air. Remember when signing Tim Tebow was the worst thing Urban Meyer did? Yeah, uh, he's definitely surpassed that. <laughs> and, uh, there's, look, there's not a good look, and then there's not a good look. <laughs> that was not a good look. Well, who Jonathan Vilma said uh, yesterday, I think, is when the podcast came out. But Jonathan, Jonathan Vilma said he thought it was staged. He was like, there's too many camera angles in like, Urban going to the bar. It's like I think he set that up. He set himself up. I don't. I, to, I don't. I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> he set himself up to ATM a random college girl. Well, so, well, Seinfeld's on Netflix now, right? So, I guess there's an episode I haven't watched the whole series where uh, George like is trying to purposely get fired so he can uh, like get some severance pay. And that's the so, comparison so what, so I've he, heard with Urban. Like, so Urban called his wife first and was like, "Honey, this is the plan." <laughs> I need Maybe. you to tweet no, about how you're hanging with our grandkids, and I'm going to go to some random college bar in Columbus and get in a compromising situation with a co- with a co-ed. You're cool with that? Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a random bar. It was a bar Urban owned. Was that, was I don't. Bar. I don't know what part of that plan leads to your finger up a random girl's butt. What do you mean? Did you the see the second you're video? To get fired. What do you yeah. mean? Did that you that see was the part second? two. Because if he's part two of the plan, watching TV, he's. If he's just watching TV, he's not getting fired. Yeah. What was he even doing? He could have, like, grabbed her ass, right? He could have well, done no. anything she, Shelly, normal. Shelly probably, probably told him don't do that. His fingers were he cold. He could have done there's, anything there's still, normal. There's limits. Anything normal at all. I'm just going to poke her in the butt with my finger. Yeah. And what is going on, man? Hang on. Oil checks happen in football all the time. We saw a famous one. Oh, my Clemson. God. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, I seen that. In one of the Twitter feeds, actually, they were like, it was against Ohio State. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, like it was when Clemson was from... absolutely dominating him, and the guy had to let him know. Oh, He man. gave him an oil check. <laughs> it's not, not great. Not great. That's where Urban learned it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is unraveled faster than we expected, right? Like, we didn't expect it to work, but we didn't Wait, expect it to go this, this bad. This podcast or fast, Urban's right? time in Jacksonville? <laughs> His time in Jacksonville. Both, both, both is good. Like, I I don't know anybody that expected it to go well. But I also don't know anybody that expected, are there four games into the season? It's four games? Yeah, I, mean, I figured he would have, you know, yeah. lasted as long as Saban. Saban quit, like, what, week 10? Uh, something 13? Like something like that. Some, I, think it was like week, I think it was, like, week 13. <laughs> Made it double-digit weeks before... Uh, Tuscaloosa came calling. Man, 
it's been rough. But we're not, we can't do the urban thing without Dylan. And we said we're going to do that next week, right? So we don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. No, we're not going down this rabbit hole. All right. So, Paul, but it is so, entertaining. So, you, so you're, in your estimation, week four of the NFL was one game and a bunch of crap? Well, it sucked. Well, so, I, I mean, I don't get to watch 16 football games a week. I get to watch, like, NFL speaking. I watch, like, five, six, depending on time, how many things I'm able to record in any given week. So I didn't, I didn't see all the games. I got Thursday night, Monday night, and I did three on Sundays. Five games this weekend. I watched the Lions game, obviously. I watched Cards-Rams, and then I watched uh, Pats, Pats-Bucks. Um, no, I didn't see a lot of good football. Was not, I mean, not, the, uh, there was some head-scratching some head scratching football, some head-scratching upsets. Jets get their first one of the season against the Titans. Giants get their first one of the season against the Saints. Uh, there's there's definitely some some head scratching games. <laughs> well, so the the Giants against the Saints isn't that head scratching to me. So I look at like Danny Dimes is actually playing good football. He might actually be a decent quarterback yet. Um, I know people like to write the book on quarterbacks their first season in the NFL, but sometimes these guys take a few years to develop because it's called developing for a reason. It's hard to play quarterback in the NFL, especially um, when you're throwing out really there good. really young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's looked really good, though, this year. Um, I think he's looked good in the bit that I've seen of him. And statistically, he's been pretty solid. The Saints, I don't know. No one knows what the Saints are. <laughs> well, they come out week one. They murder the Packers. They come out week two. They get, who they get obliterated by week two? Carolina. Carolina. Um, I think they bounce back week three, kind of, but against a bad team, if I recall. I don't remember, even remember who they played last week. And then now they lost to a bad team that's been having good quarterback play like I just they're not I don't know what I'm getting from the Saints week to week I have no idea not defensively not offensively um James Winston hasn't actually looked that good um he looked good week one but he also only threw for 140 yards he looked good doing it but it was <laughs> wasn't asked to do much it was an easy game and then outside of that it's been it's been a little rough I don't know man uh, Taysom Hill looked great for them. He was breaking a thousand tackles a run. It felt like I mean, he had two touchdown runs where he just was bouncing off dudes. Um, I know the one was big highlight of the week. He broke seven tackles or something on a run. But I don't, I don't know what I'm getting out, out of the Saints any week. So that's not that surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, game of the week in week four is a game that none of us, you know, paid much attention to, have much fandom to to speak of involving either team. But Washington and Atlanta, they put on a show. <laughs> oh, that was really good. I can't believe that was so. I mean, that game should have been over. It should not have. Won. It was. It was a wild. I caught the end of that one on Red Zone. Um, well, the end. I mean, the like ongoing <laughs> trading leads um, and miscues and dumb plays and dumb penalties. But it was very entertaining. Um, but two also kind of bad football teams, right? I thought I was hoping Washington was going to be better this year. I mean, Fitzpatrick getting hurt obviously didn't help that, but the defense for Washington that you expected to be really good this season has sucked. Like they're just not good, um, which I don't know how because they were really good last year, and in the off season you thought they got more talented, but now they suck. So I don't know what's going I mean, on there. I mean, Washington's only Washington's two and two, second in the division. I but their defense has sucked, like. 
and they're not playing winning football. Um, and Atlanta's just horrible. Uh, Matt Ryan is completely washed. Like, he's done-done. Um, you call this man washed. He threw for four touchdowns. Uh, he's, That's not washed. him play football. He's, I've watched, uh, his, team get, I've watched for, his team get more and more depleted around him year in and year out. I think his average air yards on throws is like, like four yards. His running around. backs got like progressively worse over the last like three years. His receivers Not started leaving him. His he has a, <laughs> a good receiving unit. He's, he's plenty of pass catchers. He has a solid offensive line. It it hasn't played that well. I don't know he if he has a solid, has a solid offensive, offensive line. line. It it on paper it's solid. <laughs> it's, it's been a little rough. Um, but his arm is done. Look, watch him throw the football. It's not even Big Ben could throw four touchdowns next week. He's still done. Like these guys are, they're kind of washed, and it's the right time. I mean, we got, I don't we, know have, we have five quarterback draft class this year. <laughs> no, I. Do they play the Lions this year? No, we do not play the AFC North. Okay, well then maybe yeah, we not. Do. Oh, do we? Oh well, we played the Ravens. We played the Ravens. I don't think we got the whole schedule, do we? Don't. We... No, yeah, maybe not. You get like random. Wait, games. hold on. Wait, maybe we do. How would we play the Ravens? We already played the Ravens. No, I know that, but I'm trying to figure out how that happened if we don't. Play <laughs> oh no, we do get the Hey, you're right. Yeah, Paul. Never mind. November 14th. Book it. Okay. Because that would make sense. <laughs> I was just saying because that wouldn't make sense because if we played one team from as the long NFC as North, Big Ben makes it till November, it would be the it would be the right, Bengals. Not, Which, not by the way, end. we do play the Bengals, and that is one of yeah, our few opportunities for a win. I don't think so. Uh, I don't I think we're going to win. Joe Burrow is going to go dumb on us. Oh, no. I said I don't think we're going to win. I'm just saying, like, if we're right, put, looking put at winnable games. Play and Jamar Chase is going to have three touchdowns. <laughs> if we're looking at winnable games. And then games, the idiot Lion fans oh, are going to no, come but, out saying, see, we should have taken <laughs> Jamar Chase. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could take the Lions off the pick sheet. We don't want to pick their games anymore. So don't. This is depressing. Who told you to? We have no. It's we pick the local teams. Well, no, we, little, we can we can pick the, the game. It doesn't mean it has to count towards our <laughs> towards our. No, 10. it does. It does. We pick the local teams. It's, just, it's the rules. We could it's like start the fun. show with just picking the Lions game, but then use the actual picks at the end for like real teams. <laughs> just for real teams. for NFL teams, NFL caliber teams, yeah. right? Teams that deserve to get the attention. Oh, it's depressing. This is depressing, right? Like, I'm not the only one depressed by how much we suck, right? Uh, no, I mean, no, but not, not, this year you might be. I'm not depressed this year. This year, I told you, I'm full of hope. Hope for the future for this team. I like the moves that were done. I like the head coach. I like the front office moves. So, so I guess, I'm hopeful so I'm, I'm with you on all that. I'm with you on all that. But just knowing where we were a handful of years ago and how far we fell so fast. Wait, it's like, I'm sorry. Like you mean you, uh, you mean the year following the the 11 win or 12 win year where like even national pundits were fooled and they were picking the Lions to like be a contender for the Super Bowl? Yes, not the Super Bowl. I don't back, think. But back in, oh no, back it, in, the good in the old division, no, they, no, in the division, they were no, they no. Thought, this team was getting this team was getting NFC Championship hype before the season started, based off the last year. What? I remember when it Jim and Cole laughing and my Joe ass Lombardi off. Is your, I was like, you Joe did Lombardi it. Is your Congrats, Lions. You finally fooled the national media. Yeah, M- Michelle Beadle said we were going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think after we went 11-5 and five with Schwartz. <laughs> like the next year after. Or said we were two no, we went, we didn't. Hold on. We never went 11-5 and five with Schwartz. We went 10-6. and six. No, we went, we went what, 12-4 and oh, four 
in no, we in twenty. We never won twelve games ever in my life. We went eleven and five in twenty sixteen or whatever it was. It was twenty fourteen. Fourteen. What is going on? What is happening here? What do you mean? This is many years ago. In 20... It's not. It's like it is. literally a couple years no, ago. No, it's literally five years ago. Sorry, I'm 24... literally seven oh years ago. Seven years ago. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a midlife crisis on podcast. We won 11 games in 2014, and we had the catastrophe in Dallas. Um, but it was, it was nonsense. We didn't have coaches. Although, Joe Lombardi... Looks better when he has a run game that he can rely on. Full disclosure. It went seven and nine the next year. Ah, that's my Lions. <sighs> it's not great. Uh, but yeah, no, we we fell really hard, really fast. Honest to God, I think Bob Quinn was worse than Matt Millen. Um, literally, Matt Millen had the worst five-year run in the history of sports. So that's a hard argument to but make. But we were bad when he took over. Not as bad as he made us. Like, like Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. He made us took worse. Took over because literally made us worse. That's how. Like, so how bad could we have been if he was able to make us worse and be as bad as they were? If we go zero and sixteen this year, which is, or I'm sorry, zero and seventeen. Oh my God. Yep. We cannot be the first team to go zero and sixteen. Of course and we the can. First team to go zero and seventeen. <laughs> This, listen, I want the number one pick. I don't want to lose all 17 games. If that were to happen, that would seal it, right? Seal what? I mean, Bob Quinn built the team that went 0-17. Oh. Like, that would have to seal it. You're, you're, assume, you're assuming the Lions fans are smart I mean, enough to equate that to Bob Quinn. They're going to equate it to Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. And that's with a quarterback, by the way. And I don't like Jared Goff. But he does belong in the NFL. Yeah, backing up Kaepernick. He's a starter on a bad team. He's a bridge QB. Like that's what he, he, he sure is a starter on a bad team. He is a he is a bridge QB. Like that's that should be his role for the next ten years in the NFL. Back back when in Millen's days, we didn't be. have NFL caliber quarterbacks at all. So if we go 0-17 with a quarterback that at least belongs in the NFL, like... Hang on. I'm pretty sure if you pull roster. up John Kitna's stats, you'll find some decent ones. Yeah, but he was washed by the time he came here. Well, he was out here giving us 4,000 yards. Yeah. Seasons. We didn't have Kitna when we went 0-16. No, not when we went 0-16. Uh... Or if we had him, he got hurt. I don't remember if he was on the roster. Yeah, we, yeah, we he did, he was on the roster. He got hurt though. He didn't, he didn't play the whole season. Yeah, I think yeah we no, played like three. Majority of the season was Orlovsky and Culpepper. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he and got played, hurt in the fourth game. We had Dante. Culpepper. We played a few quarterbacks there. Yeah, Kitna, Orlovsky, and Culpepper. Also, also washed at that point, because Culpepper used to be an NFL caliber quarterback for a minute. And then, Culpepper was an MVP candidate. He was he was good for a minute, and then. By the time he was with us, obviously not, because why would you come to the Lions if you're a good quarterback? Doesn't happen. Which is depressing. Like, a walk down the most depressing memory lane in existence. Okay, so something not nearly as depressing as our Lions play this past weekend was our college team's plays. Both Michigan and Michigan State 
balled out this past weekend. Michigan did something they hadn't been able to do the entire time under Harbaugh, go on the road as an underdog, and win the football game. And not only win this game, Paul, you guys made Wisconsin have flashbacks to the weekend before against Notre Dame when the second half was just a runaway train that Wisconsin could do nothing about. Wisconsin made the biggest mistake by playing jump around <laughs> at the one time oh that it God. really hurt them because Michigan got amped during jump around. And they came out, took it to Wisconsin in that fourth, and rolled away the Badgers for a big double-digit victory right, real quick, to get to 5-0. and oh. I, have, I have two bones to pick with you, one medium-sized, one very small. Medium-sized bone, you did this last week, you did the same thing when you introed college. You talked about Michigan and Michigan State, and you lumped them together. Yeah. I don't even remember exactly what it was last week, but you lumped something together, and I did not agree. Yeah, no, you don't. But they you both this, they both you they both this. eked out wins the week before, and this week they both came out and okay, yeah, that's what it was. So that's you that's guys what it was. did it in the so, second so half. Michigan State did it in the first week, half. We, we had very different games, regardless of final score. We had very different okay, games. Okay, I didn't say they played the same game. This, this week, you said they both dominated. Michigan State gave up like thirty some points to Western. When the game was over. No, yeah, no. Yeah, we scored 45 in the first hit. Yeah, no, sorry. Th- this game was Ooh, over. Michigan was. State wasn't blowing this lead. No, they I didn't even I blow the cover. Blowing the lead. They didn't even blow the cover. I wasn't worried. They won by double no digits. No one was worried. No one was worried. I just, I think it was a much different kind of game. I just don't like being lumped together. The smaller bone, much smaller bone. Um, we were up 42 to 6. I, I also don't like Michigan's game against Wisconsin being compared to Notre Dame's because we punked them from the second quarter on. Uh, Notre Dame was in a dogfight into the fourth quarter, and then they had multiple pick sixes in a kick return and obviously just fell apart. But they were in a dogfight in that game. Um, Michigan just punked them pretty much start to end, but especially like second quarter on, um, and everything Paul? started to click. Paul, yes, it was 13 to 10 yes. at halftime. It was 13 to 10 at okay. halftime. It was twenty to ten. The score. Yes, the score. The it was score twenty to ten after the third. The score can be deceiving. I understand. You guys played much better football than them that first half, but they got a late score to give them some momentum going into the half. Do you remember last yeah, week yeah. when I said? Do you remember last week when I said it had been over a decade since we won at Camp Randall, and I thought it was like twelve years? Uh, it had been like twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. It had been twenty years. 20, 20 years. years. And this, for all your on-the-field dominance at halftime, you were only up three. This win was cathartic. It was so immensely satisfying. The only win that could be more satisfying than this one this year is beating Ohio State. For a multitude of reasons. Uh, one, and we still don't know. Okay? We still don't know how good this team is. And we've talked about this a lot. But we know a little bit more. This was a big test. And I, I, I know that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Wisconsin's 1-3. and three. They suck. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't suck. They have an elite defense. Um, offense, not that great. Uh, probably better than Washington's. It's kind of a similar team to Washington, but better. They have three losses, but all three losses are two... What top fifteen teams? Oh, you're gonna, oh, you're gonna give Notre Dame credit? I thought you didn't believe Notre Dame. Well, I don't. 
But I'm just, I no, I listen. Well, I said they're fraudulent top ten team. I, they're probably fraudulent top fifteen team too. But they should be ranked. Um, they've the point is they've lost two, two good teams, and one team that people think is good. And they keep shooting themselves the in the foot in these losses. I genuinely think they outplayed Notre Dame. They just fell apart with catastrophic error after catastrophic error in the fourth quarter. There is no arguing that they outplayed Penn State earlier this season. They just lost that game. Narrow game, little bit of bad luck, and just could not finish a couple plays. They absolutely outplayed Penn State when they played them. Penn State is good, right? Like, everyone thinks Penn State is super good. They're ranked number four in the country for a reason. Their defense is really, really good. Okay? Penn State is a very good team. Wisconsin outplayed them. Wisconsin, in my opinion, outplayed Notre Dame. You could argue that they didn't. Scoreline be damned. And then they got punked by Michigan. Wisconsin's schedule lightens up a lot from here on out, believe it or not. They're not playing top ten teams every week anymore. And Notre Dame wasn't the top 10 when they played. I think. Scratch that. That that might not be true. They might have been after beating Wisconsin. They might have jumped in the top 10. I think, yeah, I think they were like 12 Wisconsin is. Wisconsin is going to finish with at least eight wins. Mm. Even though they're one and three uh, right I, now. No, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. Seven I'll give you. I don't know about eight. Wisconsin is going to finish with eight wins. No. I'm telling you. So what, they're losing the Iowa game and nothing else? If they lose to Iowa. But yeah, they're probably... I mean, yes, I have them losing to Iowa. I mean, who... Oh, they're, about, I, they're about to lose to Army. Too. Oh, stop I it. I mean, look, with the way that... Army that only the runs that the ball? and that offense gives the ball away, they might. That offense well, Mertz hurts is dead. itself we don't even so know much. Mertz is dead, actually. Uh, Daxton Hill put him in a body bag. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be pissing blood okay, well, until his next start. Wolf wasn't much better, if he was better at all. No, Wolf's worse. <laughs> Wolf so, is worse. That's why he wasn't so, I mean, playing. You're, gonna, you're giving um, the ball away either way. Both quarterbacks are able to do it. Michigan went on the road and took care of business. And Michigan did the most important thing here. What did I say last week that I had to see out of Michigan? More than anything else. Uh, uh, you said they had to beat a shitty Wisconsin They team. had to murder their offensive play I said play I needed caller. to see Josh Gaddis throw the ball around and throw it down on early advantageous downs. We did exactly that. We went in with a great game plan to not – we love to run the ball. Everyone knows Michigan wants to run the ball down your throat. But it's really hard to do against Wisconsin, so we didn't try. Like, we didn't just stubbornly go in and be like, all right, we're going to run the ball 15 times in 18 plays. We threw. We threw on first down. We threw on second down. We, we, we threw a first down. Didn't go well. We threw on second down. Like, things that I have not seen Michigan do under Josh Gaddis – we did. And the game plan itself was really good. We still didn't attack the middle of the field enough. But listen, you can't have everything. And I'm, Gaddis gave me more than I thought I was going to get. And I'm going to be happy with that. I'm going to accept that until he's gone. Because he's never going to be perfect. Like my ideas and his ideas don't match so great. But we went in with a good game plan to attack Wisconsin's weakness instead of stubbornly trying to attack their strength because it's also our strength. And... We picked them apart, and we were able to run the ball a little bit when we needed to. We didn't run the ball great. Um, probably averaged three and a half yards of carry, three point eight yards of carry, something like that. So it was less. They averaged two and a half yards of carry. We did. Yeah, and you and yes. you. Well, I mean, look, you got you got a guy that that rushed one time for one, another guy that rushed one time for one. You got 
Uh, Our quarterback yeah, carries yeah, part of that. Haskins. No sacks. Uh, no sacks to bring down that number. No, Haskins averaged two and a half. Corum averaged just uh, over three. McCarthy, two, three for seven yards, two, 2.3. And you still ended up rushing the ball a lot of times. 44 rushes still. I mean, that's how much you guys had the ball against Wisconsin. Where well, we were up McNamara, big. You know, we were up big in your, the second. Your, your, your passes were able to throw the ball 30 times in the game between them, and you still rushed the ball 44 times. Yep, 44 rushes, 112 yards. Two and a half yards a pop. I see it. Yeah, so we didn't run the ball. Well. No, it was you know it was it was what we had talked about last week that if you guys were going to win this game, and actually, I don't even. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it definitely played a factor. You know, you didn't just stick to the run and you hit them with some good passing. Um, but I mean, was, well, was Wisconsin early, did was early in the game passing? But Wisconsin did again what they did. You know, you you said no way it's going to happen again. Well, it happened again. The fourth quarter, Wisconsin turned the ball over time <laughs> and time again. To let you guys turn it into the blowout, it should have been, you know, you guys should have been up probably, you know, 17 to 3 at halftime. But some bad luck on your guys' part, some good luck on Wisconsin's part, all of a sudden it was, you know, 13 to 10 instead. So, I mean, there was, there was, you guys outplayed him in that first half. Absolutely. There was no question who the better team was. But you let Wisconsin have that score to have some momentum going into halftime. And now it wasn't as comfortable as you're trying to make it sound right now. You guys pulled away in the end. And it looked real comfortable in the end, but it's because Wisconsin did what they did the week before with Notre Dame. They did it again with you guys, just not in the same flashy way of two pick sixes and a kick return. But it was a bad fumble, a bad pick, and you guys took advantage of them. Yeah, and I think that's where uh, most of the credit with Michigan lies. Like, I think two things can be true. Like, Wisconsin can suck, and that could be a, a good win or a big win, however you want to say it, for Michigan. And then even, you know, talking about the run game, if you look at the numbers, they weren't so good. But they were four or five on fourth down, and at least three of those were running plays. I think they passed for one, um, but they were able to get kind of the short yardage uh, runs when they needed to just to keep the drive moving and then eventually put points on the board. So while the number, while the rushing numbers don't look sexy, uh, if you can get it on fourth and two and fourth and one, like that's a, it's obviously a big boost to – keep your offense on the field and uh you know deflate the defense and that and like you said so we had we had five we had five fourth down attempts almost all of which were running plays four out of five you you need we needed a yard we needed we needed two yards those are not gonna you don't need to get a big play you don't need to run for five yards and pop on those you just want to get the first down uh at the goal line running a couple runs just got to get in the end zone get into the end zone we we got the tough yardage when we needed to and but still, it's not even about the run. Because everyone knows Michigan can run the ball. I mean, Wisconsin has the best run defense in the country. But Michigan can run the ball. That's not a weakness. It hasn't been a weakness for a long time. But especially this year, it's not a weakness. We can run the ball. We have a very good run-blocking offensive line. It was the sequencing of pass plays that made me excited. We, we passed on the very first offensive play of the game. We got the ball first and we passed. That was exciting. The next drive, three passes in a row. When, when does Michigan pass three times in a row? They were all incomplete. When you I had to because you I'm can't sorry. run on them. When they lost I... to Michigan State in the ring. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop <laughs> it. That was... 95 so I'm, times in a row. I'm, I'm talking about Josh Gaddis because this is not – we have never had a play-calling issue under Harbaugh 
until Josh Gaddis took over the job. Like, play calling has always been fine since Harbaugh's been here. It's been very good for the most part. When Josh Gaddis took over is when play calling got really sketchy. So I'm going to say, the next drive we had, we passed on first down. It was incomplete. We passed on second down. I don't, I cannot remember under Josh Gaddis a time that we weren't like down big in a game that we had a, a not a good play on first down and then we still passed on second down. Like that doesn't happen. Good teams do that. Good teams say, hey, I'm in second and 10. I should probably pass the ball sometimes in second and 10. But we haven't done that under Josh Gaddis. And that's, that's what was really exciting to me. Is I, I saw a lot of that throughout the game. And eventually the floodgates broke open. We started, we started hitting on our, our, our plays that we were really close to in the first half. We were hitting on in the second half. And then Wisconsin, as Matt said, Wisconsin fell apart. But it's exciting to me to see that, okay, we're going to go in with a good game plan and attack a team's weakness, even though it's not how we generally want to run our offense. That means the world to me. That's what I wanted to see last week. I don't even care about the score. I mean, the fact that we got up 38-10 to 10 before they scored a garbage time touchdown is cool. But it's not even like the super important part to me. For this team to play at its highest possible level, they have to be willing to game plan and call plays the way they did Saturday. And I saw it for the first time under Josh Gaddis. That's where I'm at. Like, that's what makes me excited. All right. Well, despite Paul's boo-hooing at my lumping these teams together, at one point in the Michigan State game, the score was 45-16, to 16, Paul. And that was at the end of the third quarter. So you can poo-poo what I was saying all you want. Michigan State blew Western Kentucky out of the water and then chilled in the fourth quarter for still a 17-point win. Am I allowed? Am I allowed to no. amend my poo-pooing a little bit to, <laughs> nope. to be more specific oh, no. about my? Oh concerns? no! No, no, you can no, <laughs> no, you can sit back there and senator all you want, Mister Roshan. The Spartans came out I, I and want to tell alleviated you. all the Spartan fans' fears early and often in this game against Western Kentucky. All these offensive concerns about what Western Kentucky can do, being a top-five offense and all that. And at the end of the game, Western Kentucky had more yards than Michigan State. They had more first downs than Michigan State. But it didn't mean a damn thing because Michigan State took it to him when it mattered, walked into halftime with a giant lead, walked into the fourth quarter with an even bigger lead, and chilled for the fourth quarter, not hurt the guys, get ready for the next week, let some other guys play the damn game, and walk out with still covering the spread and a 17-point victory for MSU to get to 5-0. You gave up almost 300 yards of passing in the first half to a garbage team. That's a concern. I don't care about the score at that point. Like, that's a concern. And when they have to, when the only thing they're going to do is pass the ball. Like, the only thing they yeah, can do. We know. And they our secondary is the, the worst part of our team. Listen, Spartan fans know this. They have to pass the ball. But it's not just the secondary, right? So you, you're, you're teeing off on them all game. If you're secondary suspect, you're absolutely right. Your secondary has issues. Why does your deemed line not have the ability to take over the game against Western Kentucky when they have no choice but to pass the ball? If they're up 42 the, to 13 at half time or 16 at halftime, I don't uh, care. No, it, I have huge defensive concerns for Michigan Western State. Kentucky, like their quarterback gets the ball out fast. Like really fast, like two and a half seconds. <laughs> like he snaps and throws that bitch. So not, Matt, not a whole lot of opportunity for sacks. Do you guys not have the defensive concerns? Like when we're, when you're when you're playing teams like Ohio State, in Penn State, in Michigan, and even honestly even Rutgers, who you play this week, right? Are are you not worried that 
how is our when we have to rely on our secondary to get stops in a tight game against a team with a pulse? Well, I mean, I never thought we were beating Ohio State anyway. So. Same. Didn't think we were beating Penn State you. coming into this year. Same. Didn't think we were well, beating I mean, Miami we coming into you. this year. We all told you, I think, what, two weeks ago or last week? I don't know if Matt was here. But we were the secondary was our biggest concern about the team. It was. Yeah, and we said and it last week, too. And it absolutely is. They're not yeah. good. Yeah. Secondary <laughs> is not good. Said. We know this. Nobody said differently. But if we can outscore them, I'm fine with it. I mean, you're not. If, if we can do what we did this past week more often them. and put up points on the ground and through the air and have confident play at the quarterback position, 20 for 30, 300 yards, Heisman front runner Kenneth standard. Walker, three touchdowns, <laughs> Get him. I'm fine with it. We know this team yeah, but is not... overachieving. We knew this team coming in. Coming off a two-win season was not expected to be Dick, and they are five and zero and rank in the top fifteen. Never expected any of that from Michigan State this year. We had gravy train almost one more win, we're bowl eligible. Didn't expect that for the Spartan team. I'm not going to overhype my oh, expectations be, for what I thought eligible. was a bad you... football team coming into the season. I will be very excited about every win we get. And I will take a double-digit sure. win where we scored 48 points and held one of the highest-scoring, best offensive teams in the country to 16 oh, to hold 19 on. points through three quarters. You cannot say or no. That. Sorry, 16 points through three quarters. Do not, do not call them one of the best offensive teams in the country. Their numbers prove they are highest-scoring. You play who you play. They, they play right anybody. now have one of the. You look at the offensive numbers. You will see Western Kentucky near the top. Plain and simple. If Doesn't Western Kentucky played Georgia, they might not of score. Of course. But that's against Georgia. Also, you were talking about putting them the against the best team in the, the country, country, possibly. But I'm just, it doesn't matter. Don't call there was the still concern for this team. There was still concern for this game. People were worried about this game. Worried it was going to be like Utah State the year or two before. Worried about Western freaking Michigan well, coming in and hanging with the Spartans. These teams that's, that have no Lion business syndrome, hanging though. with the Spartans when we had good teams, and they would hang with the Spartans. We are not a good team right now, and this team couldn't hang with us. So, yeah, I will take it. I don't you, – you guys, even when you were bad, you did not lose to many Western Kentuckys of the world. I'm not saying it never happened, but it's – that is an irrational – No, that is an irrational We win games by six. Putting the Spartan fandom in fear the entire game, not letting them really even enjoy the game. This Mel so Tucker you, team is so letting them guess, enjoy the game. So I guess this is my thing. So the reason that I look at these games a lot different, I mean, Michigan State took care of business. Doubled the spread. They did what they needed to do. My con- my, the differences for me, some concerns I had for Michigan namely play calling, but some potential weak spots that we had looked much improved when we went to Wisconsin. We proved it on a big stage against a good defense on the road. And I, I saw progress, and I saw things like, okay, this might not Wait, be a weakness. I'm so, so are, you, We're gonna be are you trying to tell okay me that the here. team that, could, that couldn't escape Nebraska under the lights the weekend before, you didn't see any progress by going up 42-16 to 16 at halftime? But so we already thought Michigan State's offense was fine. Even they now 
I, if you have, because I haven't heard anyone worry about uh, the offense. Wait, hold on, hang have on. Did, I, I'm sorry. Are we, are we forgetting about the Nebraska game last week? That no, offense so was I not fine. No. Couldn't get a first down in the I, second half, Paul. Couldn't get a first down so you can, in the second half. Don't tell me you thought that offense was fine. I don't, but I'm not most people. I Nebraska is the only decent defense you've played, and your offense put up 20 points in regulation. No, our offense does the not. Only, Special oh, no, I'm teams sorry, is not I'm part sorry. of the offense. You're right. The offense put up 13, 13 points. points in regulation. Yep. 13 points in regulation, zero in the second half, didn't get a first down in the second half. I have concerns about the offense. I have not heard them from anybody. I've not heard Ryan talk about them. I've not heard Dylan talk about them. I've not heard people online talk about, oh, Michigan State's offense might be suspect. So, in, in, going, in putting up 40 on Western Kentucky does not assuage that concern for me. I mean, this is a Western Kentucky does, team I, that has been playing up to its competition throughout the year so far. Gave other teams all they can on handle. On defense? Gave other teams all they can on handle. On defense? Doesn't matter where. Their final scores were a lot well, closer so, but than we were expecting. We're talk, if, we're, if we're talking about the offense right now, we have to look at who you played against. So it's not – the reason I was happy with Michigan is because they played – their offense did well and play called well against a good defense. We already saw Michigan State three times this year score a ton of points on bad defenses. They did it against Northwestern. They did it against whatever FCS team you played in week two. They did it against Miami. Okay, we, we know that they can do that. So doing the same thing against Western Kentucky does not, does not alleviate that concern to me on the offensive side of the ball. On the flip side, your defense, that people are concerned about the defense, people are concerned about the secondary, didn't, also did not alleviate those concerns. They didn't do anything that make you think, okay, they're getting it together. I think they're they going to be fine. They kept Western Kentucky out of the end zone. So, For three quarters of the game until the game was well out of different. reach. Well out of reach. Michigan State, while they played fine, did not address any concerns to me. They played how we know they can play, but the weaknesses that they have that are clearly there, they didn't show me anything that they're trending in the right direction. And now that you get into the meteor schedule, you're going to Rutgers, you're going to Indiana. The Rutgers on the are they both on the road? Yeah. So you, you go to Rutgers, you go to Indiana, you got to host Michigan. At some point, you play Penn State and Ohio State. Like, I, I didn't see anything this Saturday that makes me feel better about that stretch of games. Offensively, I sure as hell did. 42 points at halftime made me feel a lot better about this offense than the 13 points through regulation the weekend before. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not going to feel worse than you felt on offense against Nebraska because that was rough. No. And, if we, can, and just, if we can outscore teams, that's all I care about. Our team having more points at the end of the season. But you already proved that you can score on bad teams. That's my thing. You already proved you can score on bad teams. So why does doing it again against Western Kentucky change anything? That's just that's my thing. Because this is a team with a history of not doing this against teams we should do it against. For a long time, even with our but damn good teams. You did it three times this year already. The first three games this year, you did it against teams you should do it against. This That's is not, not true. This is not years Walking past. into that Miami game, no one was saying, yeah, the Spartans should roll them. Pretty, pretty sure Miami was favored in that game. Were they? That's rough. The Northwestern game. No one was saying the Spartans should roll them. Pretty sure Northwestern was favored in that game. Young just, Youngstown just so State? Yeah. 
Spartan should roll them, and they did. Matt, so I, I understand where you're coming from, but the five of us that are not you all picked Michigan State against Miami. I know. That's fine. You're, you're the only you, one that didn't on. believe yet. You picked, hang on. You picked them to cover. You didn't pick them to flat out win. I mean, I did, but that's fair. That is fair. I mean, I just... I, <sighs> I think you are being so a little harsh game. on a team that was expected to be bad. Not okay. Not Hold competitive. On. I think I'm being the bad. opposite of harsh. Because I'm saying, I'm saying Michigan State already proved that they can score on these bad teams. You're the one that said they hadn't proven it yet until they played Western Kentucky. I'm talking, so I think I'm being the opposite. I'm talking about defensively. They already you're did worried about their defense. Of course you should be. We all are. We're not, we're not happy well, with our so, defense. Ryan's not happy so with well, Michigan State's much, defense. Mel's not happy with Michigan State's defense. The secondary players you, that play the position the, are not happy with their defense. If you win six or seven games, it's a successful year. Like, no matter what happens, right? Like, it's, no, it's, it's a good year. So that's – okay, that's what I'm getting at, though. The way that you've started, what people want to happen, what people expect has changed. So whether you agree with it or not, right now, Michigan State is ranked as the 11th best team in the entire, all of football. 130 teams, Michigan State is ranked 11th. So if you're ranked 11th, and again, it's just a ranking, and you don't have to agree with it. Yeah, I don't agree with that it. That changes things. <laughs> Go through that list behind them, and so, we can pick off the teams that are going to beat them in head-to-head matchups. My point is, even if you disagree with that, you keep saying, like you're saying, like, this team was bad coming into the season. We all expected them to be bad. You're being harsh on a team that we thought was going to be bad. As Ryan said, and as a lot of people have said, expectations change, right? Well, now you're ranked 11th in the country. Even if you disagree with that, if you think you're 25th in the country, if you think you're 30th in the country, that's still way better than the bad team you were expected to be. So we have to evaluate this team in a new lens. And you might not think it's borderline top 10, but whatever it is, I'm sure you think they should be ranked. So I'm going to evaluate them as a, a team that is like... Only because of the standards that we've 20. become accustomed to for so many years when it comes to ranking. Oh, this team plays in a real conference and they're 5-0? and oh? Yeah, we got to rank them. But in reality... Oh, it's absurd. I think there are 25 teams better than Michigan State. So, no, I don't think they should be I, ranked. But in the world that we live in, it's, yes, they should be ranked. It's, it's funny to me because so many years I've cried about the Big Ten disrespect in the polls, in bowls, in all of it. Like, we're never ranked appropriately. We have five teams in the top 11 right now, and I think this is the worst the conference has been in so long. And I don't think almost any of these teams should be ranked where they're ranked right now. Like, I just don't think they're as good. You got Iowa State are number three and four. You think they're two of the top four teams in the country? That is so beyond absurd. I don't know if either one of them is close to a top ten team. It's just, like, crazy talk to me. But that's, that's just the world we live in. I mean, Michigan is ranked number nine. Do I think Michigan has proved that they're a top ten team in, in college football? No, not a chance in the world have they proved that yet. That's ludicrous. Honest to God, that's crazy. This is where we are. So I get, I totally get if you're like, yeah, no, I don't, I just still don't view Michigan State through that lens. But you definitely have to view them from a lens that is elevated from the bad team you thought they were going to be coming into the season. You have to. It just sounds like he's uh, super hating on like a game that was over at halftime. So anything like beyond that, uh, you know, it 
obviously didn't do much for me. But I mean, like I said with the the Michigan Wisconsin game, like you can beat a bad team and still think it's a pretty good win. And I did think it was a a good win. You know, you obviously had another home night game to make up for the Nebraska game the week before. Um, And it was a team that's already proven that they can score on anybody that they've played already. And they did end with 31 points. uh, But, you know, they obviously had two touchdowns in uh, in the fourth quarter. And in the first half, they only scored one touchdown. So, I don't know. It just seems... Like, anything in the second half. Do I think Michigan State could have scored more if they wanted to? Probably. But the game was already out of hand by the time the teams, you know, after 30 minutes of of actual game time. And the secondary is still a concern. And even if they picked off uh, Zappi six times, the secondary was still going to be a concern. So, I don't know. I just, I I guess I don't understand what he's trying to angle at. You know, is Michigan State going to win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State? No, but even with the change of expectations, that was never that was never one of the changes. No, it's just I, I don't nothing changed for me in the game. I don't, I'm not hating on the game. Michigan State played fine. I just nothing changed from how I felt about Michigan State before Western Kentucky to after. Okay, but if they That's were in a dog fight contention. the entire game, you would have different feelings, correct? It depends. If you held Western Kentucky to like I don't know seventeen points. And you did pick him off three times and held him to like 50% completion percentage. And your secondary was like blanketing them. I know it's just Western Kentucky, but you said they have a good offense, right? That would show growth to me. And I would feel a little better that you can overcome is an one off thing. day by an offense. You're asking for superhuman abilities from our secondary that they don't have. I, so, so it, again, I'm not asking Michigan State to be something they're not. And I don't. I don't Holding think Western Michigan Kentucky to 17 points team. is asking Michigan State to be something they're not. My, that's it's just my only. This is a team that put up 31 against Indiana. Feel... They put up 30 or 40 plus in every single one of their games. Yes, they lost most of them, but they have put up a ton of points in every game they played so far this year. I I just my only thing is I don't feel better about them after the Western Kentucky game. I don't feel worse. I feel the same. It's just nothing has changed, and I feel like. One, you kind of led with it, but the narrative has been that Western Kentucky was a step forward, and I just don't feel like that. That's it. That's like my whole thing. I feel the exact same about Michigan State before they play Western Kentucky and after. I didn't see growth in the ways you're hoping to see growth. I didn't, they didn't do anything wrong. I want to be very clear. Michigan State played a good football game. They didn't do anything wrong, and they won, and they took care of business. I just don't feel any different about them, and I feel like a lot of people do. You did. You came in here. And you do. Paul's that cop that pulls you over for no reason, breaks your tail light, unless you know you have a busted tail light. <laughs> oh my god! It's not true. All right. Well, Fuck regardless of Paul's haterade on our Spartans, both teams are five hate. and zero. Oh, no, hateration, holleration. <laughs> it's not hate at all. They are on their way to hopefully being undefeated. Michigan State's got a hell of a test coming up these back-to-back weeks before their bye week. Got to go to Rutgers. Rutgers has proven to be a much better team under Greg Schiano. We all knew that coming in. Got to go to Indiana, another questionable team that, you know, if you're not a Spartan fan and are not having the green and white colored goggles on looking at these Spartans, it's the same thing people are saying about these Spartans. It's a questionable team. Neither one of these teams, neither one of these games is a given that Michigan State is going to walk out with a victory. If we do, 
it says a lot more about how these Spartans are playing this season and who they are, and those expectations will continue to go up. Me, at this point, with expectations, after being 5-0, and I want to get to eight wins. We go 8-4 and on the season, that's a damn good season for me. I will take that, absolutely. Thanks to this 5-0 start. You only got to win three. So you got to beat... You got to beat Indiana Rutgers and then Maryland. Even if you lose Michigan's, I'm sorry, Maryland, maybe give us that third win. Maryland. Assuming we it. don't beat the yeah, teams that sure. are that's, expected to beat us in Michigan, Penn State and Ohio I mean, that's, State. That's exactly what it is. Beat the teams you're expected to beat. But that's the thing with this wins. team. It's not an expectation at all. It's a hope, but you still can't have that expectation. But, Even with a team going five and zero, oh, you can't have the expectation. See, I disagree. That they at are going to go point, and it should win. be an expectation. I disagree. I think why in, in your mind we Same haven't we Michigan. haven't played a decent team yet. Northwestern's not a decent okay, team to you. So, Youngstown State's not a decent team to you. Miami's not a decent team to you. Nebraska's not a decent team to you. Western Kentucky's not a decent team to you. So why do you have expectations that we should have expectations of beating a Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana when we haven't beaten a good team yet or a decent team yet? So Maryland is worse. Oh, they looked super bad against Miami. Iowa. Hands down. Maryland's Maryland's probably worse than Miami. I'm trying to think who your best win is. You're going to hate on it. Our best win is in Miami because of how we won that football game. Because of how we came out in that second half and ran away with that game on the road. It's probably Miami. And I I think Maryland is worse than Miami. Maryland's just a bad football team. I I do understand your contention that... So your next two games are at Rutgers at Indiana... And you, you could easily argue that both of those teams are better than any team you've beaten so far. You can say that. But, I mean, I don't know. It's a fair question, I guess. I, you raise a fair point about unfair expectations, but that comes with the territory. It doesn't have when to. You're the we can, we can be above country. that, Paul. We can rise above. We can be above that. So you're right. So you're right. So if I just evaluate on the frame of what you've done... Um, I think, uh, I don't think Rutgers would have performed as well against your schedule as you have. Is that fair to say? If that's what you feel, sure. So I think you should be better than Rutgers. And you know I'm a Rutgers believer as far as like compared to the average person. I don't think they're going to do anything of note, but like I think they're trending up and I think in a couple of years they're going to be a decent team. Um, but no, I, I, don't, I think you've performed better against your schedule than they would have. I think you should beat them. Indiana is, I mean, I don't know what Indiana is. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know if Indiana knows what Indiana is. Um, we knew they weren't going to be as good as they were last year. A lot of people just kept having them ascending up. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that happening. Um, they have a good coach. They're, they're okay. They're like meh. They're like white rice. I mean, they're just kind of there in the middle of the Big Ten hierarchy that's kind of a test i guess before michigan right if you beat them on the road that proves that i don't know you're in the top 40 percent of the big 10 again i mean what do you think so you're the one that says okay we haven't proven anything yet we beat a bunch of bad teams we were expected to be a bad team what do you think the appropriate expectation for this team is because if it's not Beating teams like Rutgers and Indiana and Maryland. I, you don't rank the teams, so I'm not going to talk about the ranking. Because that's you're right. We're above that. We don't need to talk about that. So, But just the narrative alone, I mean, what do you think the expectation should be? Well, I think you need 
I think you need to have information to have realistic expectations. So I'm going to give you some information. And we don't have enough. Looking at Indiana's schedule so far, they are 2-3 and three on the season. The two games they have won was against Western Kentucky, 33-31, and it was against Idaho, 56-14. Their three losses start the year at Iowa, get blown out 34-6. Third week, host Cincinnati, lose 38-24. Last week, went to Happy Valley, got skunked by Penn State, 24 to nothing. Do I think Michigan State has a better record than Indiana at this point in the season with the same schedule? No, I think they have the exact better same performance. record. I think they... Oh, better... Oh, no, you mean... Yeah, oh, no, oh. I think they lose to Penn State. I think they lose to Cincinnati. I think they lose to Iowa. I mean, would you think I'm crazy to think that? Is there a game you think they win out of those three? So, no, I think, well... You think they beat Cincinnati? No. I I don't know what Cincinnati is. Yeah, so that, that's I mean, the and, and that, that honestly that's the questionable fan, one I have too. But I don't think not. I, we're not going probably in not. we're not going into Ames and beating Iowa. We're not going into Happy Valley and beating Penn State in my mind. Do I think we lose you're, as you're bad as they too. lost? No, I don't. So and that's the question. So I think while you'd have the same record right now, I think you would perform better against that Agreed. schedule. Now we don't. But I get what you're saying. You make a great point. We don't know that because you haven't played enough games. But you do have a common opponent. Right. We have one common opponent better. that we perform better than they you do. You looked – I mean, Indiana could have lost to Western Kentucky. Right. Western Kentucky gave That was everything. on the table. That was on the table. Right. So – We made it very clear for the first a, quarter and definitely clear at halftime. We weren't losing to Western Kentucky. You, you can say all you want about transitive property – and Comet opponents don't mean a ton. But at this junction, it's the largest thing we have to go off of, right? right? Like You're trying to get information it, it here on how you pr- predict they would do. And so this it, is what we're trying to It's not get. a rule. We don't know that because you beat Western Kentucky better, that makes you better. We don't know that. But there's not a ton we have to go on right now. So I'm going to look at those games. I, it would be stupid not to. Indiana lost the game, dude. Indiana... Jumped out to a lead, and then very quickly lost it. Like, um, didn't lose the lead, but lost the big lead that they had. Right. Western Kentucky poured it on in the second, third quarter. Um, so I, I think you should be expected to beat the Rutgers in the Indianas in the Maryland's. And you're basically saying, I'm not sure if we're there yet. Right. And so I mean, the same thing following suit with Rutgers' schedule. You know, they win their first three games against Temple, Syracuse, and Delaware. Then they go back-to-back at Michigan and then hosting Ohio State. Didn't look nearly as good offensively in those two games. You know, didn't look great offensively against Syracuse either. But 13 points in a loss to Michigan where the score is closer than the game actually was. Michigan had that game in hand. Rutgers tried to make it a little interesting at the end. Ohio State never in question. So same thing with Michigan State. You give them this schedule, they are maybe 4-1. and one. I know Paul doesn't want to think that. It's not possible in Paul's mind. But maybe they beat Michigan. I'm not saying they are. But at best, they're 4-1. and one. Most likely, they're where exactly Rutgers is right now at 3-2. and two. So if they have this schedule, we're not looking at 11th-ranked Michigan State right now. We're looking at unranked Michigan State right now. So same thing with expectations of why you should temper them. We don't know how good this team is because we've had what's turned out to be a pretty easy schedule. Miami in a bad year. They are not the same Hurricanes that they were. Derek King is not enough for that offense, and that defense is not turning the ball over nearly as much. That chain is getting rusty sitting on the sideline. 
So, outside of that game, Nebraska has looked competent. I know you don't like them. We beat them, but they look competent. They gave Ohio State everything they could handle. Outside of a bad start against Illinois, they have looked like a competent football team. But besides that, North, uh, Northwestern, not a good football team. Youngstown State, not a good football team. Western Kentucky, really fun offense, not a good football team. So it's, again, the expectations let's that I be want to temper Nebraska, the fan base. Nebraska gave you the football game. I mean, we kind of took it. You're allowed to, you're kind of allowed to say Jaden Reed took it. Jaden Reed took it, and, our, and whoever time. it was, I don't even remember who it was that made the interception, but pulled the Malcolm Butler and jumped so, in there for the pick. Bro. We took it, and I'll he, give them the credit for taking he it. He caught, Reed caught the ball and ran in a straight line very fast. Yeah. We can I mean, all purpose yardage we, we, leader. Yeah, Jaden we confuse them. I'm talking. I'm talk, We're we're talking about the kick. We're talking about Hang the punt. On, didn't that you they hear, Paul? We cover. tricked them into kicking that way. That was by design. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear that nonsense. I do. Listen, Scott Frost if, if. did not feel. I, I Scott Frost did not feel tricked. He felt very angry. He said this punter should be executed. And that's like <laughs> right, not. You, that's hardly paraphrasing. That's honestly yeah. like that's not ad libbing that much. That is. Basically, what he said. It was. Well, don't kick it to the best player in the country. I don't know what to tell you. Scott Frost was. Man. But so, again. Does anybody it's, like it's Scott tempering Frost? Tempering expectations for what this Spartan team can be. I understand I, I why they are ranked with anything being 5 0. But their schedule is with not tough. Said. And it's going to be a lot tougher he down the stretch. with the very first thing you said. <laughs> I know Ryan disagrees wholeheartedly with of course you. he absolutely thinks you should be expected to win those games in fact ryan might even think you should be expected to be michigan so where where's the disconnect I, here you're you're, you're two michigan you state fans two, like two weeks ago i told you guys i don't think michigan state is at the point where you just pencil them in for wins so he, you just was told on me this they podcast. were going to win nine games two weeks ago and no, no i didn't no that's dylan Dylan's expectations are nine wins, nine or ten wins, or it's a busted season. <laughs> what was, what were yours, Ryan? Me, you I, definitely didn't I, have less I than literally, eight. I literally, I literally, we did. I didn't do that. I don't know what you're referring. Did, did Dylan die from eating cheese I, pizza? I think so. <laughs> I literally I, I told you that if you're just looking at the schedule and penciling in games as wins at Rutgers and at Indiana, I think that was a, a fool's move. That was before the Nebraska game. Was it just Dylan that was hyped? I think so. I I, I understand so you, are why you are you still in the same place. Though? I understand why you do why you say that because that is Ryan's persona when it comes to his teams. It's his yeah, mo. It is, yeah. and, it, it's, and it's and it's great. But you know, I, I do think when you get down to the serious Ryan talking about his expectations for the team, he's going to be more in line with what I'm saying. Well, I already so said we, it. That was, that's yeah, the thing. So there you go. <laughs> so he it, is I in line with what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, I didn't yell at you. Probably did. Dylan might have yelled at you. So are, are, are you in the same place? They should lick boots to win six games this year. Am I what? No, I mean, I think they Bef- should win eight games now. I think anything less than eight games is. Uh, is, is oh, yeah, if they go one and whatever the rest of the way, season. that's disappointing as hell. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So that's so. Okay, so whatever you said a couple weeks ago, right now you think they should win eight games. So that's like your expectation. Can I call that an expectation? I mean, I guess is more what they should do. But well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
You're, you, it's you it did. sounds it sounds to me like you're saying you expect them to win eight games. Is that correct or is that not correct? I mean, yeah, I expect them to win at least eight. I don't expect them to be two and five. Okay. Okay. It's, so it's you expect games, Michigan right? State to win? Season now? It's twelve without a without yes, a championship game or anything. So Ryan. Ryan expects Michigan State to win eight games. Like, I feel like we're talking circles to get the same point. Ryan expects Michigan State to, he said at least eight games. I'll just say eight games. To win eight games, that requires you beating the Rutgers and Indianas and Maryland's of the world. And if you lose one of those games, that requires you upsetting. Well, no. A there's Michigan, also Purdue. Penn State or Ohio State. Oh, my God. How many games do you have? No, left? no. We have. Seven. Jesus Christ, math is a, is a problem. There are seven games left if it's a 12-game season, Paul. We go at Purdue after facing, after forever. hosting you guys. We have Purdue in between hosting you and Maryland. And then we finish the year back-to-back on the road, Ohio State Shoot. and Penn State. Sure, you guys should win nine games. We could, but I'm saying with this team and these expectations, figure they lose one of those four games. That you're so expecting eight, them to so win. So eight feels like a fair expectation. Right. You're you going to go lose three out of four of in those Maryland, winnable games. Maryland, Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue. You're going to lose one of the four, and then you're also going to lose to the three teams that you're expected to lose to. Right. See, I. It's not unfair. That's pretty. So right now, based on what we've seen, I think that is a fair expectation. I think. I also think at the same time it would be disappointing. To what? Only win eight games. Yes, and and I say this because. But in your mind, so you our max game, is nine games because we're not. In your mind, we're not beating Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. In my mind, yes. So our but max capacity if you is drop nine one wins, of the games, not dropping any of those four games. If you drop, if you drop one of the games that you shouldn't, that I think that you're better than those teams. If you drop one of those games, the only way to make up for it and not be disappointed to me is to beat Michigan or beat Penn State or beat Ohio State. Is that fair or unfair? I'm not saying it's an unsuccessful season. I'm just saying there's going to be some disappointment if you start 5-0 and and you eight and four. lose to Indiana and you lose to Michigan and lose to Penn State and lose to Ohio State and finish 8-4. and four. Is that fair? Um, well, they're going to be disappointed if we lose to Michigan regardless. I mean, yeah, the fan base. Disappointment relative to expectations. Because true disappointment... Expectations matter. I mean, I think you got to give yourself uh, some wiggle. If we're eight and four, if we're eight and four, and one of those losses is to Michigan, I think most people will be disappointed. Okay, that's. I just I want to make sure we're on the same page here because I I agree with that. But at the same time, if you take emotion out of it, eight wins this season, regardless of the schedule being weaker than expected, is fantastic for Michigan State. Is no, it, it absolutely is. For, I, I'm pretty for, sure you said coming into the year it was fantastic for both teams. I think you were happy with Michigan being I, eight and four just oh, before the I season. Said, said if Michigan wins, I said, said if Michigan State, games. if Michigan State, I said if Michigan State makes a bowl game, wins six games. Now I want to be very clear: the FCS game does not count in this. You know, Youngstown State or whoever the hell you played is not part of it. There's a reason they don't count towards bowl wins. Um, FCS team doesn't count. But if you got to six wins, six real wins, that was a great job by Mel Tucker this season, and that you had hope going forward to build a team into something that could get toward your ultimate goal. 
years down the road. I mean, you're obviously rebuilding. I, I didn't. I'm not changing that. I'm not changing that because Miami is bad. You be who you play. So, while I think you should win more games now, if you finished seven and five at this point, it's still a good season. It's not going to feel good. No, like, it's not. If you if you go if you go two and five from here on out, it's not going to feel that good. It's going to be, honestly, like a lot of Michigan seasons where you lose three of your last four games and even though you won nine games, it's like everyone's down on it. You'll be down on it, but it, when, when you remove yourself from the situation and look at, hey, we won, what did you win, two games last year? You won two yeah. games, you lost to Rutgers, you had a talentless roster in the first year of a new coach. And the next year you turn around and win seven games and make a bowl game. That's a success. No matter how disappointing it is, it's still a success. To me, that's how I view it. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just me. I can tell you guys how to feel. But I think that's a success. And I don't think it's something you should feel bad about. Okay. Moving on to something some people should feel real bad about especially those people up in the Big Apple. The MLB playoffs are underway, the wild card round underway. Last night, for us, you'll be getting this a day or two down the road, but Tuesday night, the Boston Red Sox hosted the New York Yankees, the greatest rivalry in all of baseball, for a one-shot, winner-take-all, move on to the ALDS. And game did not disappoint. It did not go stupid long. It was not a four-hour affair. It was barely over three. Uh, there was we welcome that in the playoffs, yeah, though. right? Well, true. There was some interesting moves made by both teams. Uh, bad play to start by Garrett Cole got pulled very, very early. Uh, Red Sox pulled their starter Nathan Avaldi after five great innings of shutting down the Yanks, and all in all, ended up working out for the Red Sox as they take down their hated rival six to two. Send the Yankees home early again in the in the fall for another head-scratching offseason up for the pinstripes. And tonight, Wednesday, got the Los Angeles Dodgers, who many people expect to repeat as champions, having to play their way in, hosting the St. Louis Cardinals. And the funny thing for me in this is that the four teams I just named playing in this wildcard round are the four winningest baseball franchises of the 21st century. No team has won more baseball games than the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, or the Yankees since 2000. And these are the four that had to play to get their way in. So, playoff baseball is here. For non-baseball fans, this is usually the time they start to watch a little bit. For baseball fans, you know they're glued to their television. And uh, we got some interesting matchups to get us through the AL and NLDSs. Uh, it's a shame that Dylan died while eating pizza. He's not here to gloat about his Chicago White Sox or maybe bemoan his Chicago White Sox. We're never sure where Dylan stands He's not <laughs> on, on his teams. But, Paul, have you been paying any attention to the baseball season outside of our beloved Detroit Tigers? Who performed have, better than I we expected? Been, I have been paying attention. I mean, honestly, like, the Tigers played so well compared to expectations. They deserved a wild card spot just for overachieving. <laughs> Um, but whatever, that, that's not how they, that's not how they award playoff spots. We have to, apparently you have to actually win enough <laughs> games to get in. I don't know what this merit-based garbage is. Um, 2021, I think that should change. Uh, but no, I, I have, I have paid enough attention. 
Um, what are so you we, asking so we got, other than if so I, we got the White Sox and the Astros on one side of the ALDS. We got division rivals, Tampa Bay Rays, best record in the American League, hosting the Boston Red Sox. Teams know each other very well. National League side, the winner of this game goes to San Francisco to take on the Giants, uh, who had the best record in all of baseball, 107 wins. Uh, meanwhile, the forgotten matchup that no one's really talking about in Major League Baseball is Atlanta facing their old home in Milwaukee, the Brewers and the Braves going at it on the other side in the NLDS. We still don't know who's going to face the Giants as of yet. It is a 1-1 ball game here, top of the sixth in Los Angeles. So I, I'm going to do the thing that I'm starting to do every year and fall in love with the race just to be disappointed. Um, I... <laughs> The Rays legitimately might be the best run organization in professional I mean, sports. For getting the most of getting most bang for your buck. It's hard to argue otherwise. <laughs> it's it is it is bonkers what they do and how they do it. And I love everything about it. Um they're the team whose starters probably average like two and a half innings. <laughs> well, there's not half innings. It's like two and two third innings. Um and then they go to relief. Um they do the what, what, what is the hot term the, for the analytics um, <laughs> bull, bullpen game, except every game is a bullpen game for them. Um, it's, it's incredible. And they won a hundred games doing it and they don't have a bunch of Cy Young candidates like the Tigers did in their heyday. They don't have a MVP level hitters. In fact, they don't even hit that consistently. Um, one of the, their blemishes, especially into the postseason, is um, they, they need to, put the ball out of the park to score a lot uh, more, more than average. Uh, they're reliant on they're, they're go big or go home, um, which is the one thing I hate about the modern approach to baseball, but it's, it's the numbers right now, the way the game is played um, with the less juiced this year, but still juiced from 10 years ago ball um, with still the focus on launch angle um, th this is how the game is played right now. It's We don't really do small ball anymore. But the Rays keep mashing homers. If they go cold, they're done. I mean, if they, have, if they pull a Tigers and stop hitting the ball, they're done. But the way they pitch the ball, as good as their bullpen is, I mean, by far, by far the best. This is not, so mostly your formula is you throw your starter in, Get a lead, go to your bullpen, close out the game, right? Traditional baseball win. That's what that's what everyone wants to do. They'll pull a starter after two innings, mm -hmm. get behind a little bit, and their relievers are so good, their relievers will keep them into the game until they mash a couple home runs and just win the game. That's, that's like the opposite of baseball. It's not how you, growing up watching baseball and learning like how the game is supposed to be played, that's not how you win games. But it's how they win games. Their bullpen is so good. They go to their bullpen, and their bullpen just keeps them in the game until they mash a couple dingers, and all of a sudden, the Rays won the game. I mean, that's the, that's the formula. And if they are hitting early in the game, well, forget about it. You're not, you're not coming back against the Rays. They have more comebacks than anyone else in baseball. They don't give up comebacks. They're coming back on you. I, I just, I, I, love, I love how they play the game. Outside of the home runs, but, I mean, it's just a byproduct of the era. It's what we're doing right now. 
And they they won more they won more games than anyone else in the American yep. League, right? 106, 100 wins, no 62 losses. No, 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 said 100 wins. Um, I, I'm really, I, I want this to be the year the Rays get it done. Um, if not, I'd like to see the Astros do it. Is everybody <laughs> most just stick it to everyone? <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, you guys know I've been big on the Astros. I, even though JV's not pitching with them this year, he took a red shirt year this year to get healthy. Um, I, 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 I think or does Tigers come back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yes, actually. <laughs> Uh, yes, as we've talked about since the day he left. Shout out to AJ, who's not here with us tonight, unfortunately. Um, no, I, I would like to see the Astros do something. I still think they have uh, one of the best offenses, top to bottom, in, in MLB. They still have a really good pitching staff. Um, they don't have AJ Hinch anymore. They don't, but they still, still have a manager. Dylan hates you right um, now. You're picking no, against I, his White Sox. Uh, I don't – yeah, I don't – the White Sox are a cute story. That's how I view the White Sox. Um, I just, I don't buy the Sox. I don't. Um, so I mean, the Rays I, get to be number one in the AL, and the Dodgers are out here playing a wild card game with six more wins. That's a cold yep. world, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a product of schedule. <laughs> that's, that's some cold shit. How many games did uh? The Giants. 107. They had by a game. By a game. By Literally a game. 107 versus 106, and they won the season series this year 10 to 9. So literal <laughs> one game for the Giants over the Dodgers. It's tight. It's tight. That reminds me of uh, the Pelicans got in the playoffs over the Thunder because AD hit a buzzer beating three <laughs> Again, <laughs> against the Thunder. Oh, man. It was Westbrook's first year alone, I think. It's a good, it's a good division. It's a real good division. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Padres fell apart, man. No, Padres, yeah. Second half of the season, absolutely. They fell apart. But, they uh, fell apart. The so Padres just fired their manager. I, because they fell apart. Halfway through the season, everyone's like, Padres might be a contender. <laughs> By the end of the season, I mean, I mean, Padres are not in the playoffs. coming into the season. The, the Padres are one of the favorites. Then half of the season, it was like, well, they're still okay. And then the second half of the season, and they went on like a 20-game losing streak, and that was that. It's a tough division. That's fair, right? It's it's a tough division, but I mean, so is the AL East. The Yankees and the Sox both managed to at least make the wild card behind the Rays, and the Blue yeah, Jays and the Blue Jays are right behind them by a game. Damn. I mean, you could have a tough division like the NL East, where the winner goes seven and nine. Or you can have a tough, tough division like the NL West, where the winner goes twelve and four, <laughs> or thirteen and three. And then, and then you have the White Sox, who didn't have to win any games to win the division. <laughs> Could have won. I, who took second? Did, did Cleveland take second? I think Cleveland took second. Do you know how many wins they have? I'm just curious. Uh, let's see. Sox won by it. <laughs> A lot. Uh, yeah, Cleveland went 80 and 82. So the Sox won their division by 13 games. 13 games. 13 games. This is a little bit different than what's going out on the west side. It's a little tad bit. Oh, man. In a couple years, though. Tiger's coming. <laughs> um, I, hey, we I, finished I third. Almost got to 500. I think... And I don't, maybe my memory is not served correct, but 
I mean, San Francisco won three titles in five years. Not that long ago. I know that you want to keep making it seem like I'm really old and that everything happened 15, 20 years ago. Um, but it it wasn't that long ago that the Giants won 10, three. 10, 12, and 14? I feel like this is uncharted territory y- yeah, with them being so. this good and them like really expected like this team should get there. Like they have dom- I they didn't I, they didn't win 100 games in any of those campaigns, did they? Uh they might have in I don't know, I have to see. I can't remember. I know they were a wild card for <laughs> I think supposed to know that. They were yeah, a wild card for at least one of them, if not two of them. Um, I this this just feels they won 107 games this year in a really good division where they had to fend off the 106 win Dodgers. This feels different to me. Whereas it, it's like I don't. No, I mean this was not expected. The Giants this have was been definitely the a best surprise. Team. The Giants have been the best team, but I don't want to pick them in this spot. I don't want to pick against yeah. the Dodgers. All right, so they won 92 games in 2010, 94 games in 2012, and 88 games in 2014. Yeah, they weren't even – they were like wild card teams every year, dude. They won 107 games this season, and I am less comfortable picking them to win the World Series. I don't, that's crazy to me. That might be a me problem. I might be the only one, but like, well, I don't. Let's see. Reasons you reasons you could pick, pick the, the Giants. They have a great record in one run oh, games. This is they have a great record when they don't score first. But the problem is exactly what you're talking about. In every category, basically that you look at with the Giants, the Dodgers are better. Might be just by a little bit. Except bullpen. But the Dodgers are better. Giants have a better bullpen. Right. Giants do have a better bullpen. And bullpen. We know, Tigers fans know firsthand how important bullpen is this time of year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we never had one. <laughs> it's uh, it's rough if you don't have one. And they're missing their home run leader. They spread home runs out pretty good on this team. But Brandon Belt was their leader, had 29 home runs on the year. He's out with a broken thumb. Not ideal, but, by the way. But a reason to pick the Giants their best offensive month this year, September. Finishing on a strong note. Heading into the postseason on a very strong note. You want to be playing your best going into the playoffs? Oh, yeah. The Giants were doing that. The good news is, we've got a couple weeks to figure this all out. Only the wild cards are one run or one games. <laughs> one, one and done. Find out who's in. Find out who's out. After that... It's a five-game series for the DS, which still drives me nuts. I don't know why this isn't a seven-game series. I don't know what baseball is doing, lagging behind the times here by giving these guys who have worked so hard to get here only a five-game series to move on to the championship round. I don't – maybe I'm just – I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't figure out why baseball doesn't want to give their fans more baseball, especially in the playoffs when you're making more money off the games. Why wouldn't you want to go to seven games for the DSs? I am actually surprised you feel this way just because, I mean, you grew up with the shorter series. You grew up with the five in the NBA. Right? Uh, yeah, the first like, round before the uh, before the Shaq and Kobe rule. 
Because nobody can beat Shaq and Kobe in a seven-game series. Well, what are we going to do? We'll make the first round in seven games. <laughs> no, I'm always for more for Gotta, more. How much for help more does sport, Kobe need? I'm always for more sport. <laughs> make the Super Bowl best two out of three. Yep. What? And ma- and make and even football, better, make the games back not, to back. Just mess football. with all the players. You're playing a game Friday and Saturday, Fo- and if you if you tie up to those, we're going to Super Sunday. Itself. Football does not lend itself well to series. Yeah, I know. Like fo- football's the one because these <laughs> like bastards only play once a week. Can't do that in a multi-game series. It just you can't spread tough, a series man. out over three weeks. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I mean, Imagine you're playing a best of five in game two, your quarterback goes hey, down. Like That sucks, man. Theirs might go down in game three. You never know. It's just nobody wants to see three games of not not Matt Stafford playing for the Rams. No one wants to see that. I mean, I'm just saying, you think back on some of so the, the great So that must games. be the, the wild card round of the playoffs. <laughs> You telling me you wouldn't want to see best two out of three Patriots and Seahawks from 2013 or 14, whatever? No, it's like it. No, football does not lend itself well to that. Well, we're never going to find out anyway. That's, that's it's never going to happen. That's, that's the, the fantasy that'll stick in my mind. It's true, <laughs> but I'm glad we're back on football because it's time to make some picks, and those are all football related. After last week, I don't even want to do picks this week. Last week is the worst I've never seen. All right, well, three Ryan, do the thing. Went two and eight. Three people <laughs> went two. Three people. Three people go two and eight. I've been crushing college picks. Oh, one in four in college this week. And then I went one in four in the NFL. Don. Don's been really good. He's been right there with me in his picks this year. Don, for the second time this season, went 0 and 5 in the NFL. 0 and 5. It's so bad. Like, it's just horrible across the board. The only people that did decent were AJ and Dylan. They both went 6 and 4. I guess Ryan went 5 and 5, too. It's fine. Um, there you go. Give Ryan his flowers. two and eight. Half, right. half of these people went two and eight. Uh, so to update the standings real quick, um, Dylan doesn't count for the standings portion because he missed the first week where everyone did horrible. He skipped out on it. Um, but the rest of us, uh, I am, I'm still barely holding down first place. This is the depressing part. Every single one of us is now under 500. And I was comfortably above last week. 24 and 26. 481 percentage. Horrible. Uh, we have a three-way tie for second place. Again, excluding Dylan, uh, AJ, Ryan, and Don. 23 and 27. Four games under 500. Matt, I love you, buddy. No, it's bad. I, I feel bad. bad. I feel really bad right now. It's bad. It's very, the, very we, bad. We've had – I want to play a little quick game. It's going to be a fun game. We've picked 50 games. How many wins do you think you have? 50 games. What do you think your record is? Uh, 14 and 36. Oh, wow. That's a horrible guess. Jesus. Um, you can't be that bad. I could be that bad. I would kick you off the picks if you were that bad. Uh, 17 and 33. I wasn't that far off. You're right. It's pretty close. <laughs> no, I'm saying like when I say it was a horrible guess, I mean you were far off. I meant like why would you guess something Cause it's, so Because I know awful. it's been like, bad this so year. Bad. I've been screwed left and right. Almost bad picks just, left and right. Just under twice as many losses as wins. It has been – it's been rough. So we're going to turn it around. We are turning it around starting week six. We are going to crush the coin. The coin always goes 500. We are going to crush the coin. We're going 600 plus from here on now across the board. We are turning this around. This has been disgusting. We start in college, as always – 
the overrated rivalry, um, as I believe it's called down south, Oklahoma, Texas, 21st ranked Texas, which I don't understand. Um, four and one. I really don't. I don't, I don't get it. Um, Oklahoma doesn't look that great either. Sixth ranked Oklahoma, three point favorites in the red overrated rivalry. I think uh, I think Oklahoma comes out and wins this one. Game day is going to be there, and uh, Spencer Rattler gets people back on the side with uh, with a big game. Uh, yeah, I don't trust either one of these teams. Texas rushing offenses carried them. Bijan Robinson averaging damn near two seventy a game, over three touchdowns. Oklahoma defensively actually pretty good, allowing less than a hundred yards uh, to running opposing running backs. Usually defense wins these kind of games. Uh, if you're giving me Spencer Rattler or Casey Thompson, I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler. Uh, so I do think Oklahoma wins and covers. Man, so we don't have the rest of the guys' picks this week. We talked about it. They're, they're going to make their picks, but we're not going to have them on podcast. This one, I think, might end up being unanimous. Um, I don't. Everyone's a little down should on Oklahoma, think? and they kind of should. Oh, you mean including if them? <laughs> if, if, yeah. Yeah, including them. Yeah, if we include them. I mean, I know we're unanimous. Uh, if Oklahoma played like the Big Ten, they'd have three or four losses this year. No problem. Uh, but they don't. So I don't see like a bunch of losses on their schedule, even though I don't think they're that good. They just don't play good football teams. Texas, not a good football team. Certainly not yet. Like, I, I, I feel like this spread of just three, I know it's a rivalry game. I know Oklahoma's been down. But it's not going to happen against Texas. Oklahoma's going to win this game by double digits. Uh, so we are... Pseudo unanimous on this pick. Uh, we go Michigan State also a noon kick. Uh, Michigan State 11th ranked Michigan State. Get just if you guys you did not miss here. This is not a typo. Is not I did not speak wrong. 11th ranked Michigan State travels on the road to face the Scarlet Knights. Five and a half point road favorites. Yeah, they got they got mad at us for for stealing the chop. And we're gonna chop their asses. Michigan State, ten spots too low. Even Spartans. <laughs> uh, we have talked this game uh, already in the podcast, so I'm just gonna say I'm going with my heart and go green. Give me Michigan State to win and cover. I don't. I hate that you said that you you mentioned the chop. I forgot that you stole the chop. Like I I know I harped on it a couple weeks ago when you did it. When you did the thing, the stupid but you chop, just chop. have to rehash it, Not don't yours. you? <laughs> I didn't. No, Ryan rehashed it. I don't. I don't want to think about it. I want to put it out of my memory, and it almost makes me want to pick Rutgers now. I almost want to change my pick, which is like a revenge game. Like you, you can't steal their crap, then go into yeah. their stadium yeah, the, and beat them. They're the first people ever to put their hand on their other hand. It's just a scientific Oh my fact. god! Oh my god! Uh, no, I, I don't think Rutgers is that good. Um, Michigan could have beaten them by forty if they wanted to. Uh, I don't think Michigan State's as good as Michigan, but I think Michigan State's solid. Um, Rutgers is is going to be there. I just I don't think they're there yet. Um, and certainly, if Michigan State is what we think they could be this season, if they're going to win eight nine games, this is a game you go out and take care of business and you win by ten points at least. Um, so I'm going to back Michigan State here, and we will once again be unanimous for just the trifecta of us. We have two SEC teams that were. <laughs> Kind of hyped. Uh, kind of had nice ranked matchups last week. They were kind of low-key, maybe SEC contenders if a few things breaks right. And uh, 
Ole Miss, I don't know if they scored a point in the first half. And I don't think Arkansas scored a point in their game against Georgia. Now, they played the two best teams in the country by far. They played Alabama. They played Georgia. It's not good. But uh, they're still ranked. 13 versus 17. Arkansas traveling to Ole Miss. Six-point road dogs. Maybe uh, maybe Matt Corral can can show why he should be the Lions' future quarterback. But I don't think they'll do it enough to, uh, to beat Arkansas by a touchdown. I think it's a close game. I'll go with the Razorbacks. Uh, yeah, I've been riding the Hogs this year. I'm going to keep riding the Hogs this year. Uh, really, really, really bad game against Georgia. Old Miss, really, really, really bad game against Alabama before they made it a little more respectable near the end. Uh, I don't see Old Miss winning by a touchdown. Six is close enough. Uh, so give me the Razorbacks. I don't want to back. I, be- <laughs> I backed both these teams last week. So if, I- if there was an option to back neither of them, that would be my option. They both stuck it to me last week in embarrassing fashion. Uh, but the team that was much less embarrassing, at least in the second half, was Ole Miss. Um, possible future Lion at quarterback and Matt Corral or Coral, still unconfirmed. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Ole Miss. I, I, I think they have a much better offense. Um, I think Lane Kiffin's going to give them out to a much better start this week than he did against Alabama. I'm going to take Ole Miss at home to cover the kind of large spread. We have what inconceivably game day does not care about apparently we have a top five matchup in the big time it's how five matchup that doesn't involve ohio state yeah unbelievable a top five matchup that doesn't involve ohio state which is the first one of those it's the first one that doesn't involve ohio state in michigan since like the 1960s it's crazy fourth ranked penn state and james franklin frauding his way to top five rankings visits Iowa City, number three ranked Iowa. It's unbelievable. Like, these numbers don't make sense to me. They're two-point home favorites over Penn State. This is not a night game. It's not a night game. Just to be very clear, it's a 4 p.m. No, kick, so it's their own fault that game Which does won. matter. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's crazy. Well, it might be the networks. This... It may be the networks because the networks have a lot of say. This is tough for me because if Iowa wins by three, they still cover, but – I don't know. I'm going to pick Penn State. I don't like them being on the road. I don't like anything about them in this game, honestly. I just think they uh, I think they find a way to get it done. Uh, maybe I just don't like Iowa, but I don't know. Give me the Nittany Lions in the, in the game of the week. Nittany Lions, or I'm sorry, Iowa's a home. Yeah, I know. Okay. Let's I said I didn't like Penn State on the road. I'm just going to pick them because okay. it's, it's what my heart's telling me. Okay, all right. So normally when we discuss games, one of the things we all we like to say is that you cannot predict turnovers. In this game, however, you should probably <laughs> predict some turnovers. <laughs> Iowa leads the country at plus 12 in the turnover ratio. Penn State, a respectable plus six themselves. So expect some turnovers to be made. Iowa has shown to be able to take great advantage of these turnovers, turning short fields into points quite often so far this season. I think that will be the difference in this game. I like Iowa at home. I like the spread. I like Iowa winning by three or four. It's going to be a close game. That's what these two teams do. Time and time again, these two teams play close, low-scoring games. Expect another one. I think the Hawkeyes come out on top and cover the spread. Iowa's forced 14 turnovers. Iowa has forced... Say that. Repeat that three times. Iowa's faced four... Jesus. Iowa has forced... 14 turnovers 
in four games. Yeah. Five and games. only And only committed right. two themselves. Penn State. It's I think un- they, they have I think a plus 12 turnover difference. Penn State, like, they it's, have yet to have a game bonkers. where they've coughed it up more than once. It is not sustainable. It's not. You Turnovers, it is, doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter what league you're in. It doesn't matter if it's professional, if it's college. It doesn't matter if it's high school. Turnovers are luck. Turnovers are not something that you can plan for. They're not going to keep getting three and four turnovers every game. It's going to stop now. And I'm going against the computer, too. Computer thinks Iowa should be like a five-point favorite. I don't know. Penn State is better than Iowa. And they're going to prove it. They're going to go on the road. And they're going to beat Iowa. And I don't even know if it's going to be all that close. I'm going out on a limb in this one. I, I, you guys know I hate Penn State. And I hate James Franklin. And I really do think they're a fraudulent program. I just I don't think Iowa's the third-best team in the country. Not even close. And I think Penn State is going to show that to everybody. There is a, a, a little bit Late of a correction. After. Michigan State and Iowa Big Ten Championship game was a top-five matchup that did not include Michigan or Ohio State. So it's regular season games. Is it was regular season for regular. us. Ayo. No, no, that's not how it works. It's still yeah, not it regular is, season. Yeah. No, we were there so many times, it felt like the regular season. Oh, my God. Ryan's back, guys. <laughs> Michigan State. Twelve and zero, baby. Uh, we close. Thing. We we close with the varsity. Uh, Michigan, traveling ninth ranked Michigan, traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska. This is a night game, as Iowa should have been. Seven thirty kick, Eastern time. Six thirty local. Uh, three and a half point road favorite. So we should still be a little light in the stadium when we kick off. Yeah, Michigan going to going to the black shirts. I would assume Nebraska uh, pop pops that out. Black shirts at night would look pretty sweet. I do think it'll be a tougher game than Michigan than you probably do, but at the same time, I see it being like 27-21, which is still enough for Michigan to cover. So I'll take the Wolverines in this game, even though they burn me every time I pick them. <laughs> um, so just some interesting stats and facts for people who might want to find a reason to pick Nebraska in this game. They have played some teams close as of late. Obviously, our game was very close. The Oklahoma game was very close. Um, And they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns all season. Uh, Michigan, last two games, rushing below three yards per carry against Rutgers and against Wisconsin. I don't think any of this matters. (laughs) I think Nebraska's not good. I think Michigan is good. Um, So I do think Michigan goes in, uh, wins the football game. Uh, Three and a half. Yeah, I can see more than a field goal. I, see, I can see a, a, a four, anywhere from a four to ten point victory for the Wolverines in this one because it is on the road at night in Lincoln. Could be a hostile environment. Could be tough. But I think Michigan showed something last week against Wisconsin, albeit against not a very good Wisconsin team. But they showed enough creativity to give me faith in the Wolverines to go into Lincoln and cover against the Cornhuskers. I'm not sure if I've had a prouder moment on this podcast other than confirming that I have corrupted you guys on Nebraska. I'm very happy right now. Nebraska is not a good football team, and I will die on this hill. I will die. Like, I don't, Michigan could win by 30, which I don't think they're going to. And I don't look at it as some special win that proves Michigan is a contender. I don't think Nebraska is a good football team. Scott Frost is going to lose his job this year. It's happening. They're bad. I don't care that they played a subpar Oklahoma team close. I don't care. 
I don't care that they almost beat Michigan State. I don't care about any of it. They're not a good football team. I don't, they're not. I need people to stop pretending like Nebraska is a good team. They're not. I'm sick of hearing about freaking Nebraska. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't care that it's at night. I'll be disappointed if Michigan does not go on the road at night and win this game by double digits. I'll say if it's like if they're up by like 16 and they it's a garbage time score at the end of the game, make it nine, like whatever. But uh, this should be a double digit victory for Michigan. Anything less is disappointing. I'm certainly absolutely picking Michigan to go on the road and take care of business against what I think is a very subpar team that people need to stop propping up. And that's how we're going to close college football. And go on to the professionals. I use that term liberally sometimes, as you'll see in our second game. But we start, we start with, will hopefully be a bounce back game. We got the Rams, Thursday night football. We have had five, this is the fifth week of NFL. The Rams, four national games. This is very exciting for me. I have only had to illegally stream one Rams game so far. This has been wonderful. Rams are two and a half point road favorites against Seattle. Yeah, so Stafford, while all the time in Detroit, all in three in Seattle. Um, obviously, the Rams didn't look good last week. Uh, I'll take Seattle here in a weird Thursday night game. I do like going with the home team, and I think that's probably what pushes it uh, over the edge for me. I'll take Seattle in a, in a close game. Yeah, you're a dick. Now i got to get this out tomorrow before kickoff. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. It's not a big deal. It comes down to, for me, whether I think that Stafford's going to have two back-to-back subpar games because last week was a subpar game. As much as we want to prop up our boy, uh, last week was subpar. They shouldn't have had such a hard time scoring against an Arizona defense that I still think leaves much to be desired short of the defensive line. Um, This is a tough one to pick. But I do think Stafford has a bounce back. Seattle's defense is not good. Uh, I think the O-line will hold up enough that Stafford will have scoring opportunities and take advantage of them. I think the receivers have a bounce back game against Seattle's secondary. And I think <clears throat> I think Aaron Donald's going to have Russell Wilson running for his life a little bit too much for Russell's liking and Seattle's liking. Give me the Rams to win and cover. I warned you guys. I told you guys what was going to happen last week. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but I listen. The Rams were riding high. They won their first three games, mostly easily. They just beat the defending Super Bowl champs, punked the defending Super Bowl champs. Big game, huge matchup, big prime time. It, all the hype in the world. Arizona was a bad matchup for them. I, I told you guys that I don't care how clean it's looked, the Rams' offensive line is not, not that great. Cardinals have a really good defensive line. A really good one. I told you guys, the Rams' defense is not that great. I don't care about their number one ranking last year. They, they, they lost a genius defensive coordinator. And I mean a genius. And they, they also lost some talent. And they're not a complete defense. They got their ass kicked Sunday. They just got pumped. All facets of the field. McVay didn't have a good game. Nobody had a good game. This is a bounce back game. They're just better than Seattle. And I know it's Thursday night. I know these games are traditionally lower scoring. But this is a bounce back game. And I, I think I think the Rams win by a touchdown, at least. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick the Rams in this one. Now, this is the game I was talking about when I said I use the term professional liberally. Uh, our Lions 
are traveling to Minnesota uh, in a beautiful newer stadium to lose by 100. Uh, Vegas says nine. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I couldn't hear. Um, but I'm, I'm still talking about Destiny speaking it up. So, mm, there's nothing logically that would bring me to, uh, to pick Detroit. You know, Minnesota has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook against our defense. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins might as well be like pre-injury, pre-injury Carson Palmer. So for that reason, I'm not going to pick Detroit. I will take the Vikings. Nine is a little bit too high for my liking. I'd like it more at like seven, but I trust Minnesota to get it done at home and beat the Lions by double digits. Uh, yeah, I'm on that train as well. That offense against our defense, no bueno. Uh, Kirk Cousins, not a great game last week. I think he bounces back in a big way uh, against our kitties. So give me the Vikes by double digits. Cousins wasn't that bad last week. It wasn't good. It wasn't that bad. Uh, but Cousins has had a fantastic year because Cousins is a very good NFL quarterback. Is he the elite of the elite? No, but he's a very good NFL quarterback. And Minnesota is a solid NFL team. Record be damned. I'm telling you guys, these guys are not bad at all. This is a good football team. They're going to kill Detroit. They're going to buy as many points as they want to. I'm going to say probably like 17. This is not going to be pretty. Um, this is Minnesota in a landslide. I uh, got a really hype set of three and one teams uh, coming in. Uh, we just watched the Chargers on Monday Night Football get out to a big lead and maintain it against the Raiders. And we got Cleveland riding high. They just beat Minnesota last week. Not too much trouble. Uh, Cleveland, though, is a one-and-a-half-point road dog traveling out west to L.A. I, I doubted the Chargers against the Raiders. I'm not going to do that again. Cleveland's 3-1, and one, but they only scored 14 points last week. Baker Mayfield has not looked very good this year, uh, whereas Justin Herbert has looked all-world this year. So give me the Chargers in this game. Uh, one and a half points. I think they can cover that. You know, they cover that by a field goal. We win. Let's go Chargers. Go Bolts. Browns are expected to go pretty far this season. I don't know if that's those same expectations for the Chargers. I actually don't even have those expectations for the Browns. But from a lot of professional people that get paid a bunch of money to talk about this, they expect the Browns to go pretty far. Uh, this is a tough one. I think it's a very close game. And I think the hook is going to kill me. So. <sighs> yeah, give me the Browns. Yeah, I. Uh, I think this is a problem for the Chargers. I, I didn't believe in them last week against the Raiders. This, this, I have a kind of a heightened opinion of the Raiders. Uh, but the one thing the Raiders couldn't do that is a recipe for beating the Chargers is run the ball as well as they should have been able to. It's not that they had no success, but the Chargers are one of the worst rush de- defenses in the NFL. They're giving up over five yards a carry. And if you know anything about the Browns, Browns like to run the football. And the Browns like to run the football because they have Kareem Hunt. They got Nick Chubb. They got an offensive line that's built for the run. And then they have a ton of success off play action. You know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been super sharp this year, uh, especially for a trendy Super Bowl dark horse pick. But... They love to run the ball, and they should run it 100 times in this game, and they should have great success doing it. And Derwin James and those corners and safeties are not going to be able to sit out there. They're going to have to creep down in the box. And as soon as that happens, Baker Mayfield will pick you apart. 
you got to pick your poison here. And I just don't think the Chargers are equipped to stop Cleveland's rushing attack. And I think that's going to have them in for an exceptionally long day. So I do have Cleveland winning outright as a road dog. And that brings us to Ryan's maybe second favorite team. I, I don't know if he's... This year, I'm assuming he's just off the Ravens train. He's on the Cards train. Oh, uh, we got the Cards. Ravens, baby. 3-1. So, Ravens over the Cards. So, Cards are number three on Ryan's list. I'm just trying to figure out the hierarchy here. No big deal. Uh, Arizona hosts San Francisco. Five and a half point home favorite. The only remaining undefeated team in the NFL. Is that correct? Yep. I believe that's correct. Yep. 4-0 Cardinals. Uh, so, here's the thing about the Cardinals is they like to play, like, they go out and, you know, they'll beat the Rams, you know, smack them around, and then they'll lose to some stupid-ass team like the Lions or the Jaguars. So, the five-and-a-half, it just seems like that Vegas is trying to fool me. San Francisco, Trey Lance's first start because uh, Jimmy G is hurt. I still do believe in the San Francisco defense. Maybe I'm just stupid and there's still just, you know, preseason expectations. I'll actually take San Francisco to cover. I do think Arizona wins, but that three, four, five-point margin uh, is just too too much for me to take the Cardinals. Niners defense, I understand believing in. Niners offense gives me worry up and down. Uh, rookie quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't matter either way to me. I think Arizona's defense is going to feast a little bit and make life really difficult for whoever is taking snaps back there. Uh, give me the Cardinals to cover. Maybe a double-digit win. You said San Fran, Ryan? Yeah. Ryan chose San Fran. This is a oh, tough I one. Didn't, I didn't even hear Paul. On, on, on paper, Arizona seems like a straight-up better team. Uh, I actually really like the chaos that I think Trey Lance is going to inject into this matchup. You guys know, going back to last season, I'm a big Trey Lance fan. Love them as a prospect. I think the, the offense changes a lot with him. I mean, it's not, I mean, part of it's mobility, right? He's running quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, not exceptionally mobile. So that changes the offense. San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, exceptional offensive line. San Francisco loves to run the ball. When you have, when you're, when you can successfully run the read option, when you have the rushing attack that they do, even though they're down 15 running backs like they are every year, somehow they still spit out a good rushing attack. Uh, I, I like them to cause some fits for Arizona. I like the way that they're going to run the ball to kind of neutralize Arizona's advantage on the defensive line. Um, and I, I just see this being a close game. I, I don't think after the high performance that Arizona had last week, I don't see them going out and whopping another NFL team, especially one that's somewhat competent and well-coached. So I am also going to pick San Francisco and hope that we don't look foolish doing so. And that brings us to my favorite matchup of the week that doesn't involve Matthew Stafford. The nightcap, Sunday night football, should be a very, very good one and possibly an AFC championship preview. We have Buffalo traveling to a 2-2 two two Kansas City team, but Vegas likes them to bounce back at home. Arrowhead, exceptionally tough place to play. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites. So Buffalo in three straight games have put up uh, at least 35 points, and they shut out two of their opponents. Granted, it was the Dolphins and the Texans, so not much to write home about there, but shutting out any NFL team, uh, you get definite props for that. I do think this is the week that it kind of comes crashing back down. Not that they're not going to put up points. I can see them scoring 28, 
but I really feel like the Chiefs are going to come in and just like big boy them and beat them, you know, 51 to 28, where it's a, a ton of scoring, and I think it all goes the Chiefs' way in Arrowhead. Uh, I think the, the crowd's obviously going to be crazy if that happens, so I'll take the Chiefs to cover comfortably, and I would definitely take the over in this game, whatever it is. Over 56 and a half. Jesus. Yeah, it's a big one for a reason. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chiefs have been a head scratcher. They looked decent against Philadelphia. Um, Bills have just looked downright dominant the last few weeks. And I like the momentum that they have. I think they're going to come to play. This is a rematch of the AFC Championship. Um, so these teams kind of know each other. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to be on his game. And I think he's going to keep this one close. I think the hook's a little much. I do think the Chiefs win, but I think it's a one- or two-point game. So I will go with the Bills. Man, I don't I, – I knew this day was coming. I didn't know it was coming this soon. I said contract is going to kill them. You can't pay Mahomes that kind of money and win the way you've been winning. It's not going to happen. Their defense is horrible. Kansas City's defense is freaking horrible. They have the worst rush defense in the NFL, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. They do nothing well on defense. Like, it's not like Arizona where they have a really good offensive line and they can create some positive plays, whether it's a turnover or a big sack at an opportune time or make life hard on you. Kansas City's defense does nothing well. They are horrible. And you are going against a really good offense in, in Buffalo. And Josh Allen hitting a stride this season really had a really good last couple weeks. He is going to throw for a million yards on them. Buffalo's rushing attack that normally you, you want to make them kind of one-dimensional. Well, Kansas City can't stop the run against anybody. Five and a half yards of carry they're giving up. Buffalo's going to have a freaking field day against them. And on the other side of the ball, Buffalo has by far the best pass defense in the NFL. They are opponents. This is unheard of. Opponents are averaging less than five yards a passing attempt on Buffalo. I don't care about what teams they've played right now. Buffalo is 10 points better than Kansas City right now, the way they match up. I don't care it's an arrowhead. I don't care that Kansas City needs a bounce back. I can't. Buffalo is a better team, and they match up better. Buffalo all day. And those are the picks. Those are the picks. <clears throat> So that's the end for the show. So Ryan, do the thing. Woo. So uh, hopefully you guys don't hate our podcast like Paul hated Michigan State today. And if you do not, make sure you go follow us on all of our social medias, which is Sports Carnage Podcast. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And then as always, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Podbean, as well as Apple Podcasts. So whatever device you have. No excuse to not be <laughs> For Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Basson. We are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with y'all next week.